Go on, launch him. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> I can't do it. This fucking tour laptop. So this there. this laptop has had about four different beers spilled on it. And <laughs> it's been lucky enough to always come back, you know? It's always managed to, to make it's always managed to make a triumphant return somehow. Which is magical considering that, you know, I think this is got a low conductivity. Three hundred three hundred dollar uh IBM ThinkPad, like, you know, refurbished IBM ThinkPad. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, what's the... F I mean, I'm sure our podcast listeners just listened to the Not A Podcast. Right. The Notcast from uh, Speculum. I mean, Speculator New York. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking fantastic, man. Uh, uh, we we got to do this right. You got to go around the table. I mean, Okay, to my left, who wasn't I, at Speculator. I was looking to a I'm looking forward to a real podcast. A real podcast oh, after sure. the Crackle Clock, cra Crackle Cast last week. Crackhead Cast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to his left, Nick DeVito. Ta-da. To his to left. his left. Dan Kroenke. Steve Hoffert. Johnny Mack. And Sleepy Singe. And your humble narrator, Phil Waters. Well, and we, we need to catch up on the to his left, to his left, to his left, to his, to left, his left. To his left. <laughs> to his left. And well, that's his a record. Left. Right. <laughs> Correct. We are now, we're up. We've closed out the introductions at. And what did you write? <laughs> yeah. If you, you know, so I know you wrote today, right? Yeah. Today was, my definition was, it's what happens if Niagara Falls and the Isle of Man had a weather baby. <laughs> because. Even oh, though it never actually rained, it was 100% humidity, mm -hmm. and my, you know, I went out to the garage, and I have like nine helmets in the house, and I have one helmet in the garage. I keep one helmet in the garage in case I make it to the garage, and I have intended to ride with no helmet, which has been all week. I haven't worn a helmet. And then I got in the garage, I got to the garage, and I was like, oh, shit, it's misting out. Like, yeah. there was not a puddle anywhere. So I was like, oh, so I, I grabbed that high-vis helmet, and that's like my garage helmet. Mm -hmm. That's my in-case-of-emergency rain helmet. And I'm so fucking glad I wore it mm. because, one, I rode the Vespa, so I had leg shields, so my pants stayed dry. Mm -hmm. My jacket, totally soaked. I mean, it's a waterproof, it's a, you know, it's, it's a motorcycle jacket. It's built in, has some level of inherent waterproofness. Right. But fuck me, man. Everything I had was soaking wet. I ran maybe 45 minutes to an hour worth of miscellaneous errands mm -hmm. before getting to the shop. When I got here, I was like, for not being one drop of water falling anywhere, yep. it was oh, It was bad. I'm moist. Like, I was soaked too. It was like being in the line at Cedar Point the whole time. It was, in the mister, yeah. You were just getting the, the, the comfort mister all the fucking time. The discomfort mister. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that actually started last night. We were out, uh, we rode out for wings and it was like, I. Wear that bubble shield on the three-quarter mm -hmm. helmet. I, I couldn't keep it clear. It was just I was looking through fog. Yeah, all night long. And that's the problem too. Like I rode to work today, and 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 my shield got fogged, and then I opened that so I could see, and then my glasses got fogged, and I'm like, fuck! So I pulled just those one down. thing after another. Yeah. But I did ride three bikes today. Oh, you did. The Africa Twin. Okay. The R1150 RT. Wow, that's been a while on that bike. Right. Yeah. I had to fix the... I, I put new brake pads in the rear. Yeah. And I changed the oil. And then I rode the... Uh, whatever the hell I rode here. Metropolitan. 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 Which counts for half a bike. Yeah, yeah but that's... Metro. How many of those do you have? Didn't you have a different one? That's a black I one. I had a red and white one, yeah. but... Oh, okay. some, But isn't the red and white one long gone, right? That, yeah, I sold that to my friend. Because this one you're on now is fuel-injected. Right. Yeah. And it's, and you know what? It's amazing to me yeah. that that bike could even start with no battery. Oh. 
and you can't hear it either. No. When you press the start button, it doesn't make any noises that one would acknowledge as being mechanical noises. No, I have to <laughs> kickstart it because the battery's right. totally dead. Yeah. But it still starts, and yeah. I'm like, a fuel-injected bike... That kickstarts that first kicks, kick. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Or Royal Enfield. Right. Yeah, exactly. Royal Enfield would start. No battery. Dead battery, dead no battery. battery kickstart, fuel-injected bike. It was first important kick. for them. Yeah. Like a honey badge. <laughs> Royal Enfield's don't Just care. don't give a fuck. No. Never, Which begs the right. question, why do you even need a fucking battery? Never dead, always sick. The battery that was in a Royal Enfield was... was no, the stupid. ones that came from the factory <laughs> were garbage. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't fit, and it was just no. like... No, I, I'm sorry. You have to turn the battery around this way to make sure both terminals arc against the frame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want the if you want the red lead, the high tension lead, to reach the battery, the battery has to go in backwards, and then the battery cover is of course tin, mm -hmm. sheet metal, which is then guaranteed to arc against the battery that you just installed. So the trick we were learning was to pull to reroute the wiring harness behind the frame, so that you could put the battery in backwards. Oh wow. And then, of course, battery tender leads on every single fucking one of them because no customer in the world could ever get that battery out without electrocuting themselves. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that battery was only to be removed ever when it was deader than fuck. Because if you tried to remove it when there was still current in it, you're probably going to weld yourself to the bike. The ground goes on last. Ground always goes on last. In case you're wondering, the ground gets hooked up last and taken off first. Yeah. And if it sparks when you put it on... Don't put it on. Don't put it on. That's right. Don't don't force it. God damn it! If it's trying to do welding without your help, yeah. You know that a little interesting side thing. Like I was playing around with batteries at work, and I was just trying to see how much it would take to pop like a fifteen or a twenty amp fuse. And it's kind of amazing if you have like I was just using those little seven amp hour batteries, but you could literally sit there and weld to the point where I disintegrated the whole spade connector off of one of the fuses. As long as you didn't stick it hard, you just keep going, and I'm like, well, I could make a really, this could do some bad things. And I've seen it with like bad fuse holders where a blade fuse is in there, but it's sort of like touching. It's making poor connections. You'll It'll melt down the fuse holder and stuff like that. It wants to start a super rock. I used to, when I had my drums, I had some of the big ones. They were 12S, so that's 48 volt batteries. It's 12 lithium ion or lithium polymer batteries and it was like three in the morning and i'm making batteries and the thing you got to remember is that the plugs on that side have like the open it so it's like female on this side male on this side and then whatever you know and it's late and i'm sitting there and i must i must have put the one on backwards so it was the right end so it should go to the right thing but i flipped it the wrong way so i'm at the job and i'm, I'm fly fly like things and luckily i got the whole job done and the guy's like do you think you could go up one more time and just get a shot of the thing with the sun i'm like yeah no problem so I took four batteries. So I, I all from three of them get plugged in, and they go to plug the fourth one, and that's forty-eight volts. When I plug it in, oh shit! It looked like like what do you call that cord that you light for explosions? Dead, Dead cord. cord, man. It was like <laughs> and everything just welded to everything in a giant puff of smoke. I didn't even have time to figure out. What no, was going forty-eight on. volts is giddy up, baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there was no more flying. No, there was no more flying at that point. You were done for the day. So yeah. the uninterruptible power supplies at work, yeah, are ten times that. Oh, geez. so it's 480 volts DC. Jesus Christ. Oh, so God. it's what, 48, yeah. it's uh, 12 volts time, you know, whatever yeah. it takes to get up to four, you know, and they're all in series in this battery bank. Wow. 24. 20, yeah. You ever, never had a problem? Oh, no, no, no. I don't do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't do that. I'm the yeah. safe, I'm the guy who yeah. stands back and just watches. Yeah. And the guy who does do it, though, and it's a, a good tip, which I would like to get some, is. 
he has the electricians rated like socket sets and stuff like that that are all plasti dipped. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And even for my for me and working on stuff, having like my little quarter inch driver yeah. dipped in I should get some plasti dip and just or protect some things. Forty, sorry. What's that? Forty. Yeah, forty. Sorry. No, 40, 40 batteries. Times 12. Yeah. Uh, or yeah. talk to a lineman and have them get you their there lineman you go, yeah. gloves. Yeah. I have some of those. But I did the learn I said 24. Lesson. I was filming well, a bunch of linemen one time. A little know, sleepy tonight. In series. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was like, hey, let me see those gloves. They look really cool. So I'm in Kansas City. It's 110 degrees. He's like, yeah, no problem. Here you go. And they're all laughing. So I take my hand and I'm like... Oh, and it's like, just sweat. It's just, it was like three inches of sweat. I'm like, oh. Oh. You just stuck your hand into a gut pile. <laughs> oh. yeah, I, I wondered why everybody started laughing when I asked about it, and then I found out pretty quickly. Yeah, that's, yeah. Right. that's kind of a known thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like I might as well ask to put his underwear on right. at that point. <laughs> I have a set that's, of those. They are beautiful, though. They're like deer skin, yeah. like super, like you could still bend, even though they're thick and yeah. everything like that, you can still move your fingers and everything, but... I don't know if that's the only thing standing between me and 12,000 volts. 12, I'll take volts. it. Yeah. yeah, I'll take a little sweat. Take a little hand sweat. I'm okay with that. So, Phil, you got more. I see giant stack of little Yeah, bikes. we have giant stacks of tiny bikes. Cartridges so, of little bikes. Cartridges. <laughs> yes. I would like to order four bike cartridges, please. You have two magazines back there. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Looks like you got the extended bag. On so, that one. What, what we. So, Nobody, I mean, nobody who listens to this podcast is going to understand this. Are those like two this. packs or are they stacked too high? No, they're stacked too high. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm like, but, so these little bikes that we... You get two in a, in a sleeve. Right. <laughs> well, they come out of the machine that way, John. They come out of the dispenser. The guy shows up the truck yeah. and you just press the number on the side. That's how many bikes come out. So, yeah, these motorcycles are pretty much magazine fed, right? And uh, they come in these little crates. And I think I'll just take a, a second. You guys can talk me through it, but... I'll grab one and just whip it over here for you guys can see it. All right, so Phil's grabbing a bike. Yeah. I'm just going to grab a cartridge of bike. Oh. Yeah. I mean, they got that down. That thing is packed in there, like, oh, perfectly. they do not fuck around. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is an example of... Yeah, whip that camera around. You know what? I'll just here. Just take a, take a picture <laughs> of it. And then I, I, will, I will insert that into the video. There you go. We have a new guest in our video. Hey, it's like, it's like a model. That's what it is. You have to so, break it off the plastic? Yeah, so that's a, that's a motorcycle. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. We want to make sure we don't lose that. Okay, we're good? Yeah, you're good. Okay, so this is the way they come. Uh, that's how we get these in. And uh, apparently orientation means nothing. Uh, no oil? Yeah, where's the oil? Um, there's a smattering of oil in there, but you know you have to add oil before you can give them out to the customer. But this is the way they come in, and they're really not that hard to prep. These are, these are not too bad. And mostly it's just hilarious because there's like 40 screws, nuts and bolts, holding the crate together. So there's this, you know, this low-grade uh, angle iron that you know, is just pretty, pretty janky, Chinese. And the bikes themselves, you know, we've had remarkably good luck with the bikes. The only time we've had one of them come back is when chubby Uncle Mike rides it, you know. <laughs> and the kids don't seem to break them, but the uncles are hell on these fucking things. And so we do the 70. We do all the 70s. We do automatics because why not? And we've got it. We've had like a couple of semi-automatic 70s. And I was like, we're never going to have those again because the, the automatics are push button. They're electric start. Electric yeah. start, man. So they're electric start, and the kids can go out and ride them around. And a little that's, kid like that. That's what we rode that one night. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The that orange one. Fun. And we all rode it, yeah. right? And it survived all of us. It wheelied. 
Yes, it did. <laughs> With an automatic. Go I figure. Know, I know. This is the 125. And, you know, this is around a thousand bucks, right? So we have sold a lot of these, predominantly the 110s. Mm -hmm. And I order the 110s in, always the 110s I get with a semi-automatic transmission, like, you know, the Honda CT stuff, you know? Well, I found out that with the, uh, the 125s, they have an upside-down shift pattern. Oh, GP. So that's something to be aware of is the upside-down shift pattern uh, on some of them, if you're not careful. They will. So it's very funny. You can order them a whole bunch of different ways. But so we charge people, you know, a couple of hundred bucks for crate disposal and building the bike and prepping it and getting it ready and me riding it around the parking lot for 20 minutes having fun. And I had a couple of customers call me and be like, yeah, but I don't want to pay that 200 bucks. Cool. Order it from some. Train. No, no. I'm leaving them in the fucking crate. Oh, so, yeah, you don't want to pay the 200 bucks. That's absolutely fine by me. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Good luck, Stosh. You know, but, but that's what all these places like yeah. there, there's that the chronic or whatever in yeah. California. Yeah. They sell these bikes. They don't assemble. They do the same thing. They right. offer two different things. Right. Assembled. Assembled. You pay all the stuff. Right. Exactly. But then you don't have to loctate anything. Exactly. They actually go through it. Oh, that's... or that. Right. And I think I'm just going to send these out for the people that just don't want to pay the extra money yep. or they want the fun of building it themselves. Go right ahead. You could have a great day with your kid building that thing. Yep. And showing them the importance of Loctite, because believe me, it's real important. And the thing is... Here's yeah. the instructions that don't come with There it. are no instructions. Yeah, no. Right. <laughs> Never seen an instruction. But the cool part is, is it yeah. is a new bike. Yeah. So it is kind of fun to build. It's not like you have to peel it rusty shit off yeah. or do anything. Right. Yeah, it is fun to build. Yep. And, and if you get yourself a good set of eight um, grade eight metric yeah, hardware... get some real fasteners. You can put yep. a lot of nice bolts mm -hmm. on the thing, too. Yeah. And they're the ones that we put out in the world, they're all working. People love them. And they're having a good time. So... It is a fun little project if people want to take it on themselves and save save a couple hundred bucks. Rock on. Well, it's funny. Like, like after all these years, now there's actually name brand Chinese bikes that yes. you can trust. Yeah. Like, they're good, yeah. man. And these, and these are. I mean, we've got guys that are... The funny thing is the ones that the kids use in the uh, Inter-Urban uh, Assault League. Yeah. Those those come in, and in a week, the knobs are stripped off the tires. Oh, yeah. The rear tires are fucking slicks. And I'm like, wow, man, that is that that bike is never resting. Mm -mm. So that gives you an idea of how much they're getting ridden. Because yep. a kid in the hood who has nothing better to do in the day is going to go through four tanks of gas mm. every goddamn day. Yep. So that's that's kind of what those are. And you know, there turns out they're you know, I got I ordered the I spend the extra twenty bucks and I ordered the deluxe because it has the chrome pipe and you know, oh, a couple yeah, other yeah. things that are nicer. So yeah, I do. Yeah, I was looking at that pipe. I'm like, that looks really nice. Yeah, yeah you know what's pipe. funny is the plastics on them are really good too. If you order the deluxe package, the plastics are a lot more flexible and stuff, so they're fun. But I mean, it's just, it's hilarious. I mean, it's a, it's a toy. But I like, I like to see the kids on the way here. I got um, on my on the TNT. I got surrounded by three kids asking about it. Oh yeah, and they were all on these with flashlights taped to their number plates. Nice, because there's no lights on. There's those. no lights. Yeah, 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 that's exactly it. There's no lights. Yeah, there's that's no lights. what I like about it. that 70 cc. It has a battery. Has a battery. You could put could lights put a on. Little LED light. Or Absolutely. Something. Yeah. No shit. Had a guy come in way bigger than Johnny Mecklefresh um, that bought our DRZ 400. Poor guy. And when he bought the DRZ 400, he was telling me he's like. Oh, you got these TNTs, man. My buddy and I got a TNT 135. We reared the shit out of that thing. It was so much fun. We were jumping it. And I'm like, you were jumping it? And he's like, oh, yeah, I put that Chamara pipe on it. And it was louder than fuck. And I was like, yes, it was louder than fuck, wasn't it? He goes, oh, so loud. Fucking had to get rid of that thing and put a put a slip on on it. And I was like, yeah, yeah I, I get you. 
And he's like, but it was that fucking little bike was hard as nails. You couldn't hurt it. He goes, I did break the peg off the left hand peg. I broke the peg off. We were doing a tabletop. Oh, and I was like, you're table topping a 135 with 400 or three inches of suspension. Travel. And this guy's no joke, 400 pounds yeah. and, and every bit of six, four. Right. And I'm like, really? And he goes, oh, it'd do 70 with me on it. Wow. And I was just, I was just flabbergasted. Yeah, I was like, crazy. well, that's a ringing endorsement for the product. I'll tell you what, yeah. though. I'm 230 and I was bottoming out on big hills. Yeah. So I can't imagine yeah. jumping. The Trying to tabletop a fucking, yeah. yeah, a mini bike like that. Oh. It's just bonkers. Uh, into the, uh, the TNT thing. So we, we talked about last week, we talked about Harley Davidson mm-hmm. bringing in their uh, oh, yeah. 535 or 328. Three, or, yeah. Yeah. And so there's a, a, the forums are alive. They're like, it's not a Benelli. No, it's just the Chang Jang Benelli motor, the frame, the suspension, the forks. Right. But aside from that, it's not a Benelli. No, it's totally Harley. No, the gas tank's totally Harley Davidson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. is the, the rear body section. It's clearly, yeah, it was very funny watching them try Show to. Show me like, the factory where Harley Davidson is, is making anything for that bike. Oh, my God. And what I did think was really fun is that harley davidson the the ones that are being built for harley davidson do have a motor stamp they have oh, harley really? davidson stamped on the cases nice. so they are doing the uh uh they're doing that part they're doing some badge engineering there so oh, okay. yeah but even yeah. that isn't made here in america by, oh by no at all. let me tell you guys people are like oh it's built from this or that or no it is at built least they could manufacture in the bad china you know yeah. the part that's actually says Harley Davidson on it. Yeah, it is mm-hmm. absolutely one hundred percent. Make no mistake about it. It is a Chinese bike, and I've gone through every piece of it. Now it is a very nice Chinese bike. It's a very very nice Chinese bike, and Harley Davidson could do a lot worse mm-hmm. than picking Chang Jang to build it, right? Because it is quality. Um, I have been riding the three hundred two. I have adopted it for. Um, extensive testing <laughs> you have a benelli 302 yeah i've been riding one of the ones i pulled one of the ones off the showroom because we sold a few of them and the people are quite happy with them i'd run ridden it a little but i have been flogging it back and forth to work at maximum velocity on the freeway and you've literally ridden every bike in the 300 class oh yeah that there is a to lot ride. a lot and here's what i will say is it will go 100 miles per hour hmm. really i got it to 102 indicated wow. i did not have my i didn't have my gps on my smartwatch going but i did get it till 102 indicated <laughs> and i will assure you that is a lot of revs it's a lot of fucking revs it is well over eleven thousand revs tell me a little bit about the motor that's in there it's a parallel twin yeah so it's a parallel twin parallel twin eight valves eight valves yep. liquid so cooled or yes it is liquid cool oh, okay yeah. so that's yeah that's that's like an R, that's like the Yamaha R3 or whatever. It is. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it really is uh, it it feels weird to me having any motorcycle going that many RPMs mm-hmm. and anything other than like shifting from first to second, third or fourth or whatever cuz right. yeah, small bikes all the time we shift at 12,000 RPMs. So you, you have know? a tachometer? Yes. Yeah, and you have a rev limiter. That okay. I found that just like the TNT 135, it is best to shift the bike one RPM before the rev limit. Mm-hmm. Or even less. Like, as long as you can just get it before it starts. If you can actually get it as the rev limiter hits, so you're yes. like, mm, that's a perfect shift. shift. Yeah. In fact, that's a shift that oh, we would you, call 
Uh, that would that be like an air shifter? Yeah, yeah, That'd be like an electronic say, shifter because like, yeah. it's killing the spark for you. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to take advantage of that to click the next yeah. gear. Yeah, that's it. Perfect. No Don't even needed. touch the clutch nope. because that is the correct shift point. Uh, if that bike doesn't make most of its power at eleven thousand four hundred and seventy-eight RPMs, I'll be shocked. Yeah, like it seems happiest when you shift it right there. Right, yeah. and, and and to these bikes' credit, so this last weekend we were at when we were out at Steve's place. The roads we were on, there's no flat roads. Like there, it's all <laughs> you're always climbing or descending. Yeah. it's the roller coaster ride. And and the, and the cool part was is that so John was on the XT250 the one day, and we were basically a peloton. John would hit the hill and get in the front. He would duck behind him, and <laughs> oh, I was really? one inch behind him. We were all one inch apart, just snaking up these hills. So. Oh, really? He's on the monkey <laughs> bike. I, I was staying away from this. <laughs> so, he's on the monkey bike. This pillar of I, stupid. I got this Yamaha that it's like there's no oil in the forks, you know, so the, any bumps, it's just bouncing. And <laughs> he's on the monkey bike, so he can go downhill. He'll right. hit oh, good, sixty mile an hour downhill. No problem. Up to 65 downhill. 65 downhill. 65 downhill. So I would let him blow me away on the downhill because I didn't really want to over rev the XT250. Yeah. But then as soon as he would start up the hill and start dogging it, I would duck in in front of him and try to pull him up the hill because I could stay at 55, 60 up the hill. Climb that hill. It was like ballet. Just right. I could pull him up. And so I would pull. And as soon as he got behind him, I would. You would draft him behind him. him. We were all like this. And when we crossed the hill, we'd all be like. (laughs) (laughs) There's one bike coming over the hill. I'd I'd duck to the right and let them sizzle down. Oh, that's fucking awesome. (laughs) But what I was going to say is. So my my TNT now has about nine hundred miles on it. Yeah, yeah. But it probably realistically has about twenty nine thousand because I don't think it was below nine thousand nine hundred and forty seven. <laughs> the entire time, <laughs> the entire yes. weekend. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and to its credit, it still runs. It's running great. Yeah. It has got faster. It's running better. Yeah. 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 I assure you, it's going to run better. Well, then I did the ride with no working generator. Yeah. Oh, so uh, you were constant loss. Right. Yeah. I actually rode ninety miles on just a six year old. Uh, UPS, you know, battery backup Six battery out of an old uh, no, computer wait, system. No, wait, that's 12-volt system in his bike. Yeah, 12-volt yeah. system. So you were literally running a gel cell. A 9-amp hour. Oh, we had... We had 9-amp hour gel cell. He brought extra but batteries. But it's 9-amp hour, and then so we put... Okay, we had, I had a DC amp clamp. Yeah. So Steve was playing around with that and put it on the positive lead off the battery. Okay. And we found that it was pulling about, what, 1.85? So at one point eight five, right, divided by nine amp hours, Ohm's law. There you, you go. Could, you could drive well, that thing right all night. I, hours, I, no I just kept the headlight off. Yeah, exactly. But when we looked at adding accessories to it, it was one point eight one. I think it was one point eight one. Yeah, when, yeah. It, right. when it was was just the ignition. Then when the light came out, it was four point four point five yeah. or so. But yeah. And then oh wow! When, you hit the start, when no the blinker big. came out, it was nine amps. Yeah, and then when you hit the start, it was thirty eight. Well, of course, uh, it, yeah, no shit. But you know, it was it was, yeah. was nerve wracking because he's behind us, right? Right. And yeah. so every once in a while, if you lined it up perfectly and got behind me, I was like, "Fuck, Dan's he's dead. gone." And then I'd go like this, and then he'd show up, and I'd be like, "Oh, he's yeah. still." He's and he's going. on the skinniest bike too, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. His bike well, has no we girth. Thinking he wanted to go I back to not, that crack house. I did <laughs> not have as good a luck with it when I rode it last night. No, we went out to. Vintage bike wing night or vintage bike wing night things and did takeout wings from Noble Beast. Okay, okay. cool. And uh, we're going over to Tom's house on West 52nd and we're about to get on the shoreway. And I'm like, I don't know if this is a good idea. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But the bike died right there at the intersection, right at East 9th and the. And the Due shoreway. to lack of power? And ended up pushing it across. We oh, spent like man. an hour and a half. Did I mean, you have the bike a spare just battery? Went completely dead. 
Did no you, lights. Did you have a spare battery? Yeah, I did. You I swapped it out? Swapped it out. No difference. Oh, boy. So yeah. we dicked around with it for like an hour and a half. We had the tank off. We had the generator cover off because I just put the new brushes in. Still, oh. still not charging. You know, if I revved it way up, the charge yeah. light would start to go off. Mm. So I'm like, I'm not sure what's going on, but it looks like it's charging a little bit. No, Dan, when it's you a 1984 had, gold mine. When you had that apart, <laughs> one of the things that it tells you to do in the oh, armature, man. so you know how you have the copper pads there? Yeah. You take a hacksaw, right. undercut the mica, and you dra- and you drag it in between each one of the, in yeah. between each of the things to clean it out, so they're not making contact. So they're not cutting together. each other. I, yeah. I have to actually take the generator out of it, I think, to do that. Mm. Yeah. You can leave the armature there, yeah. you know, because the point, yeah. you know, those brushes. Also, I just take off the just the take off the brush mechanism. Take yeah. off the advanced mechanism and right. the brush plate. Yep. Well, that you have to take off the stator. That so you don't have to take off the armature, but you have to take off the stator that's around it, maybe. But if you can get to those, you drag a hacksaw blade in between each one of those, so they're not touching. Yep. But in an AC, that's in the service. You man. could you could lose a leg in an AC. Yep. And be charging on two of those legs could be putting out power. It's supposed right. in the manual it tells you that only two of them have to work for you to charge the bike. So oh, really? There's there's redundancy. There's four brushes. So they built in. <laughs> yeah, that's well, interesting. I did have to when I was riding into downtown. To meet these guys, I did have to turn the headlight on mm. because a cop followed me at Trima. Oh, so ah. I turned it on yeah. um, and rode through downtown with it on. Now, little did I know, the switch is bad and the headlight wasn't actually on, but oh, the headlight was. And it was dark. Yeah. Out? Well, it was downtown. It yeah. wasn't dark yet. Yeah. So yeah, and I don't know. And it's like what it what it went. It just went completely dead. You could not get any light to come on. Nothing. So what happened? We swap. Well, the first thing we did is swap the battery. Still nothing. Took the headlight off. Or look, we checked all the wires. Had the tank off. Like I said, fuses. Right. Checked the fuse. Um, I actually broke the fuse in the process of taking it out. And one of the guys had a twenty amp fuse we put in there. And we hour and a half, nothing. So I go look. I'm calling my wife to come up with the truck. My Tom, whose house we were going to, he rode home, grabbed uh, a ramp, threw it in his truck, and brought oh, it back. Okay. Well, by the time he got back, and I'm calling the wife, or I was about to make sure she's coming, and all of a sudden, the bike just comes on for no reason. It's really? Like, now it's on. I'm like, what the fuck? Holy shit. So I call her up. I go, where are you? She's I'm still in the driveway. I'm like, go, come. Stay. We're going to try to ride to Tom's house. So I made him go through downtown instead yeah. of on the shore way. Yeah. Made it to his house fine. Had our wings and beer. Talked for a while. And finally, I'm like, you know. Matt I'm didn't fix the bike? Huh? Eating wings and beer didn't fix the bike. Well, no, because I'm like, I'm going to try to ride it home. So yeah. I had her drive up. Yeah. We took his ramp with us. Um, I kept the light off. I had her in the lead and Nick yeah. on his bike behind me. Sure. But as we got into Parma and you got to go up that hill on Broadview right before that, yeah. the bike's losing power now. It's okay. like, yeah. uh, I pull into a parking lot right before the hill and turn it off because I'm like, I don't think it's going to make it up the right. hill. So we put the other battery in it. Yeah. Nothing. The one better I've been carrying around as a backup yeah. apparently is completely worthless. <laughs> Put the original battery in yeah. it again, which had rested a little bit, and I made it up the hill and all the way up Broadview yeah. and rolled into my driveway, cut the throttle and let it go to idle, and it just yeah, drive, died. Yeah, right out. It was done. Yeah. Well, that's it. You ran out of electricity. <laughs> I was thinking about riding it here tonight, but after You are not I'm making like, any no. electricity. No. No. And unless you, you have do it. If m- I did it, much, you can do it. Better. You can make that thing work. <laughs> yeah, unless you have a much, much better battery, you're not going to be riding that the thing any distance. The other thing that you could do to service that is there's also, beyond all the stuff that's down there on the left side of the motor, there's a box that has 
uh, relays in it that mm -hmm. convert it, you know. Yep. So when you hit the start button, the relays go one way and it turns it over. Yep. When you let go of the start button, those relays go the other way and, and then it it, it's a charging starting dynamo. Yep. Yep. So maybe pull the cover. You might be, Clean I think those relays could, up. I ever had mine cracked open and I might yep. have an extra one somewhere. But if you take the, yeah, I think you can take the cover off and just clean those contacts in there. Maybe it's not switching. Well, that, that's the same cover that's the, on the voltage regulator, right? That, there's yeah. only, there's well, only like one. There's the, the flasher. So there is a little metal box somewhere on, I think, the right side of the bike that comes up over here where mm -hmm. all those wires that are mm -hmm. going from this comes up over here, like right by the air box. And I think in there it, it has the whole magic that makes that whole starting charging <laughs> well, work. the starterator in the course yeah. of doing all this i noticed something that i hadn't even noticed before is that when you turn the key on there's some relay clicks somewhere yeah you've been watching i hadn't realized you've been watching the garage right? oh yeah yeah absolutely and just yeah. turning the bike on too. <laughs> and it might even be too like that relay is like a relay that clicks that's like okay it, we can start the bike right. But until you go above a certain RPMs, because I know it has the charging light, it doesn't do anything, and then all of a sudden, cheap, and then yeah. this charging Once light goes. Once it throws. Yeah. But the trick is it's got to throw. Right. Because it's not making an electrical contact until it gets all the way over and the contacts are clean. Now, what makes it so. throw, whether it's RPMs or if it's just uh, the amount of current that it's putting right. out, I... I'm sure it's a little column A and a little I got out B. of that bike. That's all I'm telling you, Dan. Yep. <laughs> Would you guys like to hear our first uh, listener email from our Patreon? Sure. Dudes. So this is from Nick, no relation. Um, Nick's Nick's handle is one of my favorites. It's Nick Chalupa. Nice. So thanks, Nick. Uh, he's a he's a Patreon's uh, party member. He says, uh, "I know you're a busy man, so if you don't have time to answer, I totally understand. One better, I won't answer you in person. I will answer you on podcast. Right? Uh, this doesn't take any of my time to answer you now." Uh, I've been listening to the podcast for quite a while. Thanks for the recommend to the recommendation from my dad. So his dad got him wow. into this podcast. It's usually That's the other impressive. way around. Yeah. It is. And I've come to realize that you know a thing or two about motorcycles. I know I, I, I've been making it up for 40 fucking years. I've just, I just listen to people and I regurgitate what they say. The, uh, my question is, how long should I expect a shop to take to fix my trash before I take it to someone else? Long story short, I dropped off the bottom end of my Yamaha YZ450 because after replacing the bearings and putting it nearly all the way back together, it would get stuck in between gears and not shift properly. Okay. The shop told me at first they were three weeks out from even being able to look at it, and it's been six weeks and I haven't heard a goddamn thing. I've called once a week three times now asking for an update, and every time I get told, he's working on it now, you should hear something soon. Guess who still can't do supermoto shit? I'm trying not to be annoying, but this is my first time I've not been able to fix something myself, and I'm getting really tired of not being able to operate my motorcycle on one wheel. Love y'all. Bye. Why don't you have more than one bike? <laughs> <laughs> we all do. The obvious solution is always you just need one more bike. Yep. My you dad used to say you need a pair and a spare. A pair and a spare. So that's my three grandpa. Bikes. Yeah, my grandpa was always a pair and a spare. Yep. And this is... So the first thing, when the cop, when the shop told you first away, it's going to be three weeks before we even look at it. Now, that is very common to hear a shop say that. We say that in May and June. We will tell people oh, it's yeah. going to be three weeks before we can even look at it. Mm -hmm. So that's code. That does not mean bring your motorcycle in and drop it off. It because don't bring it, it means don't bring it in. So if you can crack the code... There's a there's a lot of hints that you've been given here, but you were you're clearly an honest person. 
and you're not used to dealing with motorcycle shops. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, uh, so the first thing is when a motorcycle or a car shop says it's going to be three weeks before we can look at it. What they're telling you is we are tripping over the people who have been bringing the bikes in for the past three weeks. We have two or three or four mechanics and we have four or five or six times the amount of work that these guys can handle. Okay. And it's not going to be like all the easy stuff that a mechanic can do five of these in a day. There's always going to be that one asshole who brings in the bike that's just like, yeah, I need to have the carbs dialed in and then doesn't tell you that there's no second gear anymore. Right. (laughs) Or that there's no return cog on the transmission. So you can't shift a second until you shift down to first again, you know? So that's, a big part of springtime. So what is the service? protocol for that? So like, say you get this bike and the guy's like, I yeah. want you to go through my carbs. Right. You pull the carbs off, you do it and you, you know, you start the motor and Hey, the carbs seem great. Let's take it for a ride. And right. the fucking thing's broke. Yeah. Happens all the goddamn time. So what do you do? I had an SV 650 here. That was that way too. So like, you just call me and say, Hey, our job's done. But yeah, you told me to, you brought it in and told me to do the carbs. I assure you those carbs are dialed and they're sweeter than fuck. Right. And that bike starts when you breathe on the button and I can rev it out. Beautiful. It does everything. But, you didn't bring the bike in for a transmission rebuild. You didn't bring the bike in for that. Right. So you owe us the 400 bucks that you owe us. Come and pick your shit up. Right. We're not doing transmission rebuilds right now because it's fucking May and June. Right. I need bikes on the lift for like no more than two or three hours at a time. Depending on what your bike is, we might not be doing it. We might not be doing it ever. Yeah. Right. So it's not like, you know, okay, yeah, we know every Suzuki on the planet has a bad charging system. So we can keep Suzuki stators standing by and voltage regulators standing by and fix most of that GSXR shit pretty quickly. But when it's like, oh, the motor's got to come out of the bike, the transmission's got to come out of the bike, etc. That's not what we bargained for when we agreed to work on your bike. And when we schedule our mechanics out, we look at the job and we go, okay, that's a four hour job. You're going to have it off the lift by lunchtime. Now, in this case, the mechanics told you two to three weeks, right? So that means... Don't bring the bike to them for at least two or three weeks. Keep the bike in your garage or call other mechanics in that two to three weeks. Yeah, try to find okay, else. try to find somebody else who will do it sooner. Take a stab at it yourself, whatever you want to do. But what they're telling you is... Yeah, take the motor out of the bike right. <laughs> and hand them the motor and tell them to fix the transmission and, and then hand it back. And really, that's, a, that's not a bad idea either <laughs> because it takes up less space. And it gets the motor up on a bench... Where once it's on the bench, it doesn't want to get off the bench until it's done, and it's in the way on the bench, and right? by the time you have the motor up, you might decide you want to pull the side covers off of it and take a look yourself. Exactly. So a manual. I really do feel like that was the first The first warning shot was when the, when the shop tells you two to three weeks. Because usually what we'll do is we'll be like, we're two to three back right now, and I don't have any physical room in my building for your bike. So why don't you, since it's not an immediate thing that you can't, you know, it's catastrophic and you need to take care of it. Why don't you just keep riding it the way it is? Like if it's just an oil change or something like that. Or why don't you just back the fuck away from my store for two to three weeks <laughs> and then give me a call in two to three weeks and I'll tell you, yeah, bring it in tomorrow or we're a week or two back, right? Basically, I'm telling you, when a mechanic tells you that is they're trying a very nice way to say, we're at capacity right now. We're full. And if you want to bring the bike in, the other thing a mechanic will tell you is there's 14 bikes ahead of you or there's 21 bikes ahead of you. Maybe you want to call another mechanic. Maybe you want to call another shop. Because what they're trying to tell you in nice words is they're not trying to say we can't work on your shit, but what they're trying to say is we don't want to work on your shit right now. Or things are really crowded back there. If a mechanic comes into work and the first half an hour he does when he gets to the building is push bikes out, that's a half an hour he's not billing. Right. Right? And so most mechanics are getting paid billable hours, and that really is not what they like to do. 
They don't want to spend a half an hour in the morning and a half an hour in the evening pushing bikes in and out. That's money they could be making turning wrenches. Right. So the next step, okay? Now it's been six weeks and he hasn't heard a thing. Now we're definitely teetering into it's your fault territory because you did take the bike to them three weeks, you know, six weeks ago. Right. And at three weeks, they told you they're not going to look at it till three weeks. So then, yeah, you're absolutely right for calling them at three weeks and being like, hey, okay, so when can I get my bike? Because here's the irony of motorcycle shops. You're going to get your invoice back and your invoice is going to say six hours of labor. Yet it took six weeks to do six hours of labor. Well, what happens is it takes three weeks to get to your bike, first of all. Then it takes a couple of hours to get the thing apart and diagnose why it's failed. If they even took it apart. It took them an hour to go dick around with it and check and be like, right. oh, okay, let's start it up. Let's yeah. strike it for a ride. That's gonna, <laughs> you know, like. Well, you always got to check the obvious shit because you never know what mechanic or customer you're dealing with. And you don't want to go tearing bottom ends apart when it could be a kill Maybe switch. the clutch needs adjusted. Maybe, Maybe the a clutch. This. Maybe the right. that, you know. Could be a lot of stupid things. And I've seen a lot of people tear into a motor that turned out to be a wiring problem, you know. So let's do a little bit of diagnostic first, a little troubleshooting. Find out what the problem is. The mechanic goes, yeah, that's the problem. Now it's going to be ordering parts. I guarantee goddamn tea, most shops do not keep bottom end parts for every fucking motorcycle on the planet Good. because you don't. Nor should they. Nor should they. Because shipping is so easy these days, you can get anything in a day or two. Except for now. Except for now. Except for now. And that's where we're having a lot of problems. Stuff that we're ordering and then it's normally a two-day turn for us to get a part in is now a 9 and 10 and 12-day turn. That's a combination of COVID. It's a combination of people getting everything shipped to their house now because of covid so even ups and uh fedex are jammed to the gills and our usps is apparently dissolving is fighting with one hand tied behind its back right so everything's moving very very slow so there is an unnatural drag on part supply at the moment which is a downer for motorcyclists but if you're an old dude waiting for your medication yeah. that really sucks it really sucks <laughs> if you're a vet and he needs his medication and he can only get it by mail because he lives in butte montana yeah yeah that could be a real fucking life-ending situation for you yep. so this one now now he says every time he calls for an update he gets told i'm he's working on it now you should hear something soon the correct answer is i should have heard something three weeks ago and i didn't so now I'm going to come by and pick it up and you're going to charge me squat douche because at this point, yes, you have been abused at this point. Yes. The service director should be giving you an update. What do you think about, you know, I wouldn't talk to, I wouldn't tell him that over the phone. Right. I would show up at the shop and say, I'd like to see my bike. I'd like to see my bike. I'd like I mean, to visit my bike. Have you really done anything to right. it? Because right. Because this does happen. If you've got it scattered and it's right. apart and you're really looking at it, can, right. you, can you show me well, you know, what you found? You know, and I know at our shop, part. in our shop, you can go and back to my service orders and you can see on our service order, this part was ordered for this bike on this date. And if it's over there with its fucking guts hanging out, it's because the part hasn't shown up yet. Well, okay. you, were, you, were, you were always pretty honest. Like back, even back when we built my Stella, like five years ago, yeah. or however many years, six years ago. Um, you were like, yeah, if you want to do it, this crank's going to take eight weeks to come Exactly, in. right. So, you know, yep. I don't mind. We're slow now, so if you want to leave it here, that's yep. cool. Right. If not, you can bring it back. And I'm like, yep. no, that's fine. Leave it. And, like, yeah. I just waited. And, you that's know, what I said. And we weren't far off because that crank did take eight did. weeks to it get there. It did. It took a long yeah. time. The, uh, but, yeah, some parts do take for fucking ever. Most mechanics know what they are. Sometimes they surprise us. But definitely paying a visit to your bike is not never a bad idea. An honest shop isn't going to give a fuck. Mm-mm. Um realistically 
if they haven't cracked the cases yet, if they haven't done anything to it yet, then yeah, that is their fucking fault. You know, they did fuck up. And yeah, they might have done Rockstar five-star service on the other 26 bikes they worked on in that six weeks. But yours, for some reason, got put to the side. Because it was the pain in the ass problem. Honestly, that's what it is. I mean, it's, you know, I could do 10 carb clean. I could do, you know what I mean? You could get so many other bikes back out. There's part of it, too, is triage. And you're serving your community. So am I going to get buried in in tearing apart the motor on this bike when these 10 people could be out riding if I just do carb cleans and put new batteries? Believe me, I can get 10 bikes out today. And those are 10 bikes I'm not tripping over tomorrow. Or I can work on your bottom end or your supermo and be up to my fucking wrists and you know grease and still not have it figured out and then here's the other thing i wanted to bring up because this story is particularly there's one thing in there that every mechanic hates and did you see the line in there that says the one line i can't wait to get back on one wheel no 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 after replacing the bearings and putting it nearly all the way back together it would get stuck in between gears and not oh, shift yeah, properly. Yeah, yeah. So he actually had the motor out himself and everything. Yeah. Okay. So the one so thing. So it's double when, you, when we have to fix what exactly. you've already fixed. <laughs> That's exactly right. The one thing that mechanics absolutely hate is going into a bike that has been fucked with by somebody else. Right. Because we don't. If I open up a bike that's never been apart. Well, you'd be smart about it and you'd keep the gear sets all. All the parts are where they're supposed to be and they're pointing the direction they're supposed to be. But this guy has had the bike apart. Now, we don't know if that one little beveled washer that sits in there isn't where it should be, or is it still on his workbench? There's yeah. shims. There's, there's everything. shims. There's, there's everything. And if he doesn't have those things there, its transmission's not going to work right. right. And now, instead of just taking the motor apart, putting new gaskets and seals in it and bearings in it, now what I got to do is I need to get the service manual out. And blueprint the transmission. And blueprint the transmission from ground up and sit there and clear my entire workbench off of everything and lay this whole thing out just like the pictures in the, in the book show to find out which piece is missing that's and, allowing it to not well, shift between see, gears. The, the thing that hit me was the one wheel thing, which there's nothing wrong. Everybody likes to do wheelies. Of course, that's it's a like, super mo. It's what right. we do. But at that point, you should yeah. probably learn how to, you know, fix your motor. Like, we had our 900 RRs and beating on them. Yeah. I remember, like, like blowing a transmission and trying to take it to a shop. Yeah. And literally got pointed toward the door. Of course. Like, but, no. They don't want to work on your horse But shit. to his credit, yeah. he did pull it apart. Exactly. Yeah. He changed the bearing. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't right. catch that when you were reading right. it. So he did try and everything. Right. I think right there, he shouldn't have taken it to a shop. He already had it apart. Right. You should have benched it again. Take it apart yeah. and see what you fucked up. I yeah, mean, because that's the one thing that's I know hurting he, he must have got discouraged. You know, of he, course. He tried to fix it himself. And, and that happens like, here fuck. a lot. Again, so the best advice is get a second bike and then you can take your time fixing your first That's one. right. But in this particular scenario, what I can tell, what's happening to you right now is that mechanics don't like unfucking something. Yeah. And that's, and that's really a thing that mechanics hate doing is they hate unfucking a situation. So that really... That's what hurts you in this deal. Yeah. And that's why they're not rushing to take care of you. That's, that's exactly what you're looking for. So anyway, I know that's not what you wanted to hear. I, want, I know you wanted to hear like, oh, it's the dick fur. And it's not the dick fur. It's, you know, that's, that's your situation. You know, if it comes wintertime, you still haven't got your bike back, then worry about it at this point. I mean, yeah. Or you can just say, you know, maybe it is time to, you know, hey, I want my, I'm going to go ahead and try to work on it again. It's time myself. to pull it back in. It's yeah. time to pull it back in. If they if they've had it for on, six uh, weeks, start going on the eBay and look for a new bottom end. Just buy right. a fucking yeah. do a bottom end swap. And it's, I mean, I don't ever want to say like, oh, you got to throw the baby out with the bathwater and just buy a whole new motor. But God, man, I hope they haven't run. A, I hope they haven't charged you eleven hours or twelve hours or thirteen hours at this mm. point. You know, and if you do, you know, 
there's always that thing is like the first hour, the first hour of any job in the service department. Sidebar. Yeah, it could take three to four weeks to get to that first hour, man. And it's that first hour that tells us how long the thing's going to be on the table. So if you're a guy that has a project bike, not a, not a project, because um, obviously a project means you'd want to do it, but you have a bike that you want to get fixed. It's not yeah. your main mode of transportation. So time frames are, yeah. you're, you're variable. Mm-hmm. What's the best time of year for a, a, a person like that to bring a, someone like you that bike? Yeah, late, like fucking September, October, November. Okay. So what you're going to find is that seasonal motorcycle shops in our part of the country where we have snow for five months out of the year, six months out of the year. Yeah. From we get really hungry in February, like January, February and March. So that's where if you do have a pain in the ass project, that's that's when you should. Yeah, that's when you should let us work on it, because what happens is the service department is cleaning up old work in October, November, like September, October. We're cleaning up old work. We're taking care of things that we thought were going to be quickies, but then we got in there and found that, you know, the head was bad or we there's there are jobs that we get into and because people lie. Have you ever watched Dr. House MD, <laughs> you know, the patient always fucking lies. They never tell you about something and you got to figure out the truth. Right. So we will. I got bikes on the lift in the back right now where the guy straight up told us, looked us square in the face and said it needs a tune up. It hasn't run in two years and now I want to ride it. And then we find out that, you know, there's water where there shouldn't be water, oh. right? We find these things out and we call the guy and we're like, well, you know, you need a motor rebuild or you need a motor. Right. And in some cases, getting a motor is cheaper than a motor rebuild. What this bike needs is another bike. Right. Start doing searches for <laughs> exactly. GSXR yeah. 750, That's no ex- title. Exactly right. That's what it needs. <laughs> That's what you need. And also, you, right. I'd just like to raise my hand. Yeah. I'd like to give a big shout out to who was it who edited their Patreon from $1 to $5? Nathan Ensminger. Just edited their pledge from one dollar to five dollars. He, bo- he bumped it from a buck to five bucks. Thank you, wow. so dude. That is much. a fucking four hundred percent increase in thank what he thinks this podcast is worth. <laughs> That's awesome, man! Fucking Shout out to you. Thank you. No shit. We do look at this. It, it is. It is, and it is that kind of a fun thing. And it's fun to pull these down and look at them all the time because it's it's it is a blast to look at them. John Nadrowski, uh, I'm glad you got your bike running. Sorry you cracked one of your pristine side covers. Oh wait, yeah, I did want to. Uh, yeah, so this is so he's sent us a number of things. Uh, he's cuts any suggestions on how to because uh, you know he'd he'd ask questions he'd, he'd ask questions of us, and yes, if you've cracked your side panels, this is a fucking this is it, man. We we are all sitting here. We can all tell you we have known the feeling of pulling on a 1960s or 1970s side panel and hearing the dreaded crack. Yeah. Or pushing one in and hearing the dreaded crack. Obviously, lube the shit out of those things in the future. Yes. Make sure the rubber grommets they go into are moist at all times. Yes. And yes. two-part epoxy and yes. fiberglass from the back. That's right. And Steve's exactly right. Get some over-the-counter two-part epoxy and some fiberglass patch pads they sell in the drywall department. And JB, they, JB Weld has a new thing. It's JB Weld Plastic. Mm-hmm. And and it's epoxy that like if you like if you had a plastic cover mm-hmm. slime in the middle thing slime it on both sides yeah. and sand it you yeah. can't you'll break the other parts of the bike but that won't break no, no, yeah no, no, no. so that's exactly what you so have you to do. Try to, but you also have to be careful too. You want to kind of get it into the crack but yeah. not through the crack. not through the crack. Yeah. So that you see it on the other side. I mean, you can almost fix well, you them can perfectly. Sand it, though. 
Well, we don't want to do, you know, we, if we oh, have original yeah. paint, you know oh, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You, it'll if hold it's it a together, pristine right? cover, you just really, but I, I like what Steve's saying. It's on the inside saying. then, yeah. Yeah, yeah all yeah. of it on the inside. Then, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So did you guys see there is these uh, little wire things that they sell that they have a resistance uh, electronic device for? So you heat, heat And they look like, like paper clips. It heats mm, up a staple that you right. can then go ka-chunk, yep. and it melts through the plastic. Right. And, and, and so it's literally this little S-band squiggly things. And you put it on the device, and it heats red hot. And then you put the plastic parts together that you want. And from the backside, you go plap, plap, and you put them in. And you put them in like staples, but they don't go all the way through the plastic. They just melt themselves into the plastic oh. from the backside, oh. giving it that metal reinforcement. Yeah. And then you pull the device off, and they just, they're just they just molded in place. So That's you cool. maybe could do something yeah. like, like, like take a needle or a, a paper clip or something. Yep. Heat it up, like cut red it hot. off, heat yeah. it up red hot, and then just set it on it and push it into the plastic, yep. and then let it set in there. And what I would want to do is I would want to use my old Weller soldering gun, which has the two leads, because oh, yeah. it normally has the electrode between yeah. the two. I would just take the electrode off, and I would just put the paper clip setting in there. So I would just set the paper clip in there and then set the panel on, like drop the panel on. Like, I would not put any heat to that panel yeah. actually itself, no. like a blowtorch or a no. blowgun. No way. Because I have a feeling those things just get, at a certain temperature, they yeah. just go. Yes. They probably they fold up instantly and disfigured. Like, and that's what people don't get with those plastic welders. You should use one of that, my pump up blowtorch. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to heat it up oh, a little bit. No, but those you plastic welders, back together. Yeah. they make it seem like you can weld anything no. together. You can fuck everything. A Harbor Freight plastic welder will destroy a priceless side panel. Yes. It it at the nine second point, you've achieved nothing. The at the eleven second point, you've ruined it. The epitome when you know you're losing money hand over fist is when your mechanics yeah. spent what had to be hours yeah. fixing a five dollar snow shovel. Yeah. With a harbor freight, with a harbor freight welder. welder. It to- that is the epitome of being steeved. Yeah. Not used We got steeved used- hard. Yeah. I mean, we got steeved hard. The snow shovel had this big plastic Patch plate. It was a twelve dollar snow shovel. Oh my god! And that that mechanic. And it spent looked like hours of just trying to hours fucking melt this thing back together of and push fix plastic it. into other places. Oh. oh, it was a nightmare. Yep, he was special. <laughs> but you know that that is the other option is just you know scour the internet and watch hard and try to find a new you know a new side cover. They'll be expensive, but maybe you want to spend the money. If you just have a little crack though, you're going to have to kind of live with that. You know, sometimes you one tab it? one tab broken off. You know, one tab broken off. Just yeah. suffer through it. Yeah. That's all you do. Or it you can do what my kid did and buy a four thousand dollar three D printer. Yeah, and then still, whatever you print will sometimes not have the correct amount of pliable or rigidity. And so I've had four or five items now that were printed for me on three D printers, and on some print jobs, the internal part of the structure is honeycombed. Right, and that's, to, and that's the setting. And when you're printing, to create you set girth, right? Or right. it also to save, reduces weight and saves right. uh, saves the, stick the media. filament. Yeah, yeah. So, so it saves it saves material. Yet when I took the thing and put it where it needed to go, it just vaporized. So that tells me the honeycomb was too thin. Mm. You know, but right, yeah, this printer can do like twelve different materials, including right. uh, carbon fiber. Yeah, some of the stuff that I've experienced so far that was motorcycle parts that were made on a 3D printer were no bueno. Right. So, so what you can do is take your old panel, yeah, and you bury it in sand, 
and you fill it with hot aluminum. Yes. And the hot melt aluminum will burn away all <laughs> the plastic. Burn away all the plastic. You will pull out a perfectly good aluminum, aluminum panel. And that you can polish that. Yeah, I've watched that's enough fair. videos on sand casting to know that that's not how it's going to work out. No. <laughs> the sand's going to collapse and you're going to have a giant fucking half a panel and half an no, aluminum artery. Actually, experience. I've seen them do it where they yeah. take like a styrofoam skull. Yeah. Yeah. And they put it, they pack it in fucking sand and yeah. just pour it in the styrofoam of it. It's Goes not going to yeah. happen that way with a side panel. No, with a side panel. With, no, with, with it's going to be half the... side panel and half aluminum. <laughs> well, that'll fix it. Yeah, we'll fix it. But with yeah. all the uh, the rubber companies and stuff now, you can get so many mold agents and yeah. stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. You can definitely make it. You can make a new one, but you're not going to paint it to Here's the original Here's a hot color. tip. If you have the Honda side panels, mm-hmm. which we all know, and you bust the tabs off because the tabs are molded into the panel. Right. Right. So on the back of them, they have little uh, spear-looking tabs. Mm-hmm. And then the edges of them, they have tabs that are just parts of the original thing that are just pulled out. And they have a little thumb in the end of them. Mm-hmm. A hot tip I figured out a long time ago was that you can take virtually any piece of plastic whatsoever and take a drywall screw and put a red-hot drywall screw on the end of your magnetic screwdriver... Put it through this, the piece of plastic that is eventually going to be your nubbin, which can be anything. You're going to shape that yourself. But the drywall screw should already be in the nubbin. Get that son of a bitch red hot quick and then screw it into the panel. And I found that if it was red hot quick when you did it, it will stay there for at least until you sell the bike. And yeah. have, you, have, you ever had, have you ever used Shrewgrew? Shrewgrew? Shrewgrew. S-H-R-G-R-U. Okay. Shrew-gru. I thought you were saying shoo No, no, no. Shrew-gru. No, I have not. moldable stuff. It's like, it comes in these little things. It looks like a ketchup packet about yeah. this big. Okay. It's nine bucks for four of them. All right. It turns, it's clay. Yeah. That turns into the hardest rubber plasticky really? substance you've ever, you can make camera grips. You can, Anything. so if you did your screw thing, yeah. you could mold the, the little bulb onto that right. and it would work and it would forever. be perfect perfect yeah that's good to know yeah so that's shrew grew shrew grew yeah they, yeah they they it used to be really hard to get but target picked it up in a few other places okay. and un- unbelievably it's in like the craft section sure it makes sense but like, i've used it for like rebuilding camera like the back of cameras or like right. you know what all the things that you know yeah and it has like uh, it, what's cool about it is that like the last like quarter millimeter is kind of squishy but it's actually pretty hard, and it's okay. it, it can take some abuse too. Okay, that's very. spelled S U G R U. Oh, Shugru or Sugar? Yeah. I'm it. sorry. Can you mean that spelling again? S U G R U. Jesus Christ! All right, yeah, moldable glue. Yep. All right, fair enough. Oh yeah, I see it. Yeah, arts and crafts things for sure. Yeah. Sounds like right Sculpey clay. My daughter does that. Stuff. But it's yeah, also your, your but it's, it's resistant to like oils and gasolines and shit like that. Uh-huh. Too, so it's pretty cool. Moldable glue, right on. That's for that, that and that does appear to be exactly the right stuff. Yep. For for that, yeah. So to reinforce things and yeah. That's, yeah. So that's but you're really right. Good. Like your thing of putting that thing in there, <coughs> yeah. make it perfect. It you would could, be perfect. You won't even perfect notice application it. Yeah. for it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Totally agree. I love it. So that's a good thing to know. Top tech t- today. Uh, up on the board, uh, I wanted to bring this up. So this uh, another one of our patreons. This is Earl Johnson. He's located in. I pronounced it Gautier. We have a friend whose name is uh, Dave G, which is Dave Gautier, but it turns out it's pronounced Gaucher. So, uh, and that's MS, Mississippi, right? So, Gaucher, Mississippi. Or is, it, or is MS? Or is it Missouri? Missouri. Missouri. No, M- MO is Missouri. Oh, yeah. MO is Missouri. So, Not yeah. Montana. Yeah. Well, MS. So, I've listened since episode 95. That's the forgotten 
That's oh, the yeah. start of the non-forgotten episodes. Um, that's where my podcast provider started. Oddly enough, I started listening when I was using my wife's treadmill. <laughs> I thought to myself, well, this isn't right. So I got off the treadmill and grabbed a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I totally understand that statement. <laughs> it would be very hard to exercise to this shit. Yeah. yeah. This is the 12 ounce curls only. That's it. Running on a treadmill, listening to this You're is drinking like. or hanging yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of those two. Oh, Mark. Oh, okay. Anyway, I'm 61 and I've been riding on and off for around 50 years. You've been riding since he's 11 years old. Jesus Christ, <laughs> shit. I'm glad you were careful about the crinkles. <laughs> yeah, mic the floor real quick. Would anybody like some pretzels? If you arc one real good, I might catch it. Deliver it. All right, go ahead. Oh, boy. Oh, no, way too much. Okay, yeah, well, go ahead. Okay, okay. Th thanks, Renee, for leaving those pretzels oh, here. Uh, <laughs> I would have had chin in the keyboard for that one. Oh, no, I lost some of it. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Steve. No, one more or no? Go, one more. Sell it, man. Sell it. Oh, oh that was a little long. 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 Sorry. Tried. <laughs> I've heard my lesson. I'm not playing that game anymore. I'm not a good player. All right. <laughs> I caught one for the camera. Oh my god! Okay, now I'm going to talk about the, the, the fucking podcasting. It's a pressure in my mouth. Remember when you people know, used to complain about us eating on the podcast? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you, you, you ever been to a junkyard and they put a car into one of those crushers? Yes. That's what that bag sounds like in, in my headphones. In headphones. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a Buick. Uh, Seventy-eight. Yeah. Some of that good Japanese steel in the bumpers. <laughs> right. <laughs> so he's just been riding for about fifty years. Uh, his dad tried to buy him a UCT ninety back in the seventies, but mom was having none of that. So my friends taught me to ride, and I got to ride their bikes. That's pretty much what my neighborhood was like. We'll have to switch. Uh, one of somebody here bought a new bike, so we'll talk about that. That's after this. Where, that's why I'm playing this too. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a little bit of planning that goes into this podcast. Oh, wow. It's the strangest thing. You're not as dumb as no. you're not as dumb as I look. <laughs> there's a lot of planning in this because it's got it's very relevant. It is very relevant. So too many bikes to list over the years. Right now, I'm riding a '96 BMW R1100 RS. Coming up um, as my regular ride with a 69 CT90 as my round town beer run, grocery getter, and honey do bike. Okay, okay, okay. I bought my wife an 08 Buddy 125 on your advice. Not she a problem. Against my, in, uh, <laughs> she ran out of gas in a baker's mills. <laughs> in front of a crack house? In front yeah. of a crack house. I'm sorry, meth house. I bought my wife an 08 Buddy on your advice on my first experience with a scooter. Man, what a sweet little ride. It's becoming my round town ride. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, You're welcome. You are totally fucking welcome. So he says, uh, a bit long-winded, uh, thanks to the new Belgian voodoo ranger and larceny bourbon. <laughs> Again, <laughs> he's totally right for this podcast. Yes. Excellent drinking choices. But, but one last reminiscence. Your podcast reminds me of working in an aftermarket HD and Triumph shop in Springfield, Virginia, back in the late 80s called R&R2. That's T-O-O. -O. We would shut down at 1900, but at around... Well, I'll convert it. We'd shut down at 7 p.m., but around 6 or 6.30, customers and employees from the other shops, including the owner, would start showing up with beer, whiskey, weed, and whatever for what became known as the R&R &R Dog and Pony Show. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> A large time was had by all. Excellent. Yeah. Um, he says, great personalities around your table, especially your curmudgeon. <laughs> Why am I such a Jeez. I'm grumpy. I'm just sleeping. <laughs> Peace and keep the shiny side up in between the ditches. So thanks you. Thank you very much, Earl. That's a great that is a great letter. And so the reason I brought it up is because so he CT ninety. Yeah. Right? And who in this room Who in this room 
would dare have a CT90. Well, well a lot of people. I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> Oscar's not here, and he has a CT90. Well, it yeah. seems to be a popular. I see, he's got a CT110. CT yeah, right. CT110. But so you got one. Yeah, I, I bought uh, I bought Pete's CT90. It's a 69. Uh, it's a 69. Right. Uh, oh, wow, nice foley. Quiet it down over there. What are you guys doing? He's playing with his penis jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I just bought that today. Um, I picked it up in a Honda CRV. So nice. The proper yeah. way to buy a motorcycle, yep. I think. In an inappropriate vehicle. Yep. I saw it when I looked at your picture, it was just lying in its side so sad. Yeah. It looked like it had been tired and taking well, it a rest. Well, was stuff on top of it, yes. too. It was stacked uh, in. Pete was cleaning out a, a garage, so he had all sorts of stuff he was giving, giving mm -hmm. me. So. Just yeah. dripping all its fluids out of the <laughs> I don't. I don't think there were very many fluids to drip. No, I think it was pretty dry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty dry. This thing hasn't dripped a drop yet, so <laughs> we can tell how, you can tell how watertight those are. So if you have a 69, you actually... When you're, I know you're going to do a nut and bolt restoration oh, on this. So the '69 has the weird, odd, a couple little things about it. Yep. It had the reflector on the front fender, so you'll never be able to find one you'll of those. You'll never find one. Yep. And then it was an in-between airbox where, like my '67, the carburetor is actually opposite way around. The airbox right. is actually a little air filter up through the frame. Mm -hmm. 69 they had this little abbreviated air box before they went to the long snorkel one that actually goes up and connects to the rear rack that's right gotcha so i had all those parts at one point in my life yeah. but uh i, I might have them. parts too so yeah. i'll look at my garage but certainly anything that's for later you know a 70 yeah. or whatever will still bolt on there and mm -hmm. work on there but it'll be interesting to see if your if you look at your rack your chrome rack on the back there should be a little tube right in the front left corner where a snorkel would attach to it if you actually have that little tube Correct. on it or not. Yep. Hmm. Okay, so there's, it came with no air box. It's just the carburetor mm. and nothing back. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll look at that. Um, I think that's yeah. a perfect starting point for like a really little custom, like do whatever you want with yeah. it. I that's bought the, like when I looked at that, I almost was like interested because I've always wanted to do a trials bike mm -hmm. where you delete the gas tank, you delete everything, and you just strip it down to next to nothing. Okay. And you just ride, put a set of motocross bars on yeah. it and yeah. just have it almost a stand up, maybe sit down a little bit bike. But yours has a title too, so you're street legal. So mm -hmm. that's cool. Yeah. It's, uh, it's one of the ancient Ohio yellow titles. Yellow title. Uh, yep. That'll work. That uh, will work. With, yep. with the, uh, it's still in the original owner's name, so that's it's not going to be impossible to do, but it's not right. going to be super straight. But you have your connections at the BMV. Yeah, your well, Connecticut he actually title already had the, uh, the address of this guy. So. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Excellent. So the uh, what John's telling you about is the little reflector on the front fender. Mm -hmm. So if you look up at our image, that is the tattletale for the year 1969. So if you're looking at any, you're looking at a Honda CB350, if it has that reflector on the front, it's a 69. Hmm. Um, Honda that year went crazy with those reflectors. <laughs> the little pedestrian slicer front reflector, um, they, they put that on everything. And so the, the little bikes got it, the bigger bikes got it. It was the official tattletale of 69, huh. which has always been one of those things for me, like um, the... The 1969 CB350s. I love the shape of the gas tank, the squarish gas tank. I love the reflector on the front fender. So to me, I was always looking out for the 69 model, and that front reflector is how you could tell from a distance that it, that was the one. I had a fender that had the reflector on it. I, I don't know whether I gave it to somebody who was doing one or whatever, but I had it for a little while, and I'm like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're they're definitely. It's a very very. I mean, it is. That's the K one. Yep. So you know what you've got there is you've got the what first I have revision. Right now is yeah. a KO. Right. I have the original CT ninety that it's well, it's not really even the so the well, it would be the original CT ninety because it's not a CT two hundred. That's what so, I have. So you that goes back to where you actually had two sprockets on the back and you right. had the strange. So the KO CT ninety is the first year. Mine's a sixty seven. To actually have the dual rage transfer case and everything okay, like yours has. This, mm-hmm. The dual sprocket was cool though because with the length of chain, chain that you need to put yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, you would take the length of chain out, yep. and then the sprocket would come out and. Yep, dual range, baby. And it had the uh, uh, leading link front forks. Yeah, mm-hmm. so mine has non. Mine has link front fork, leading link front mm-hmm. forks, but the dual range transmission. But right. it would mm-hmm. suck, like unless you planned on it, like having the transmission or the dual range where you had to put it together. Right, like. You'd have to like know you were gonna get stuck because if you got stuck, yeah, then you have to you're pushing the bike over in the, oh, the later, and taking things apart. Yeah. The later yeah. generation with the plastic switch that you switched under the the gearbox to literally make it into low range or high range yeah. is infinitely more intelligent than genius, dual too. chain rings. Right. You know, it's uh, it is simple if you've ever had one apart, right. and it's like psh, you can put this on just about anything. any motorcycle yeah. in the world. Well, that's what yeah. I, I couldn't believe. Like even the big red I had, like that thing from reverse to new whatever, mm-hmm. and low range and high range, it still worked. Everything works. Yes. Like they're yeah. indestructible. It's very very simple. You mechanism. see the gears though inside there, and they're they're heavy. They're duty. stout. Yeah, oh, yeah. They're they're really meant to last a long time. Yeah, that's really fucking cool. But beyond all that, I was actually looking at maybe doing a motor swap. Just like you know what, I really like to have the dual range transmission. Mm-hmm. But like I was looking at a 190 fucking <laughs> Daytona motor in yeah. there or something like. There's like, something to be said for. I could go out riding with these guys right. and be like, oh yeah, you think your bike is oh, dude, this 190 Daytona? 50, yeah. <laughs> oh wait a second, I never think I never thought my bike was fast. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the only way a dog. He the only way a CT90 would keep up with a uh, a monkey bike right. or the Benelli would, right. would be with some ridiculous. It would be with a yeah. big ass motor in it. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. That, that's well, true. They got the 212 now, five speed. That thing, right. that thing, and that would be the 190 Daytona is an electric well start, yeah. five speed, money well spent. I was watching a guy who's riding 60 mile an hour on a CT90. Yeah. yeah. Are, are there any other life hand motors that have fuel injection? Well, there. Uh, well, we know of one attempted. Yeah, yeah. There's that one. It <laughs> didn't work at, out so no, well. No, it's still at Mike's. Yeah. Um. There's a guy though on the clone forums. They've sold thousands of these and they're working really well. They're good up to the two ten, but they have an injection system. It's three hundred eighty five bucks for right. any of these, oh. yeah. any of the small Honda motors. Yeah. Huh. So it's that's that's there. It's happening now. Mm-hmm. You know that's uh that's there's a, a YouTube video about a Daytona one ninety kit hitting eighty five miles per hour uh, GPS verified. So but wow. people get a kick out of that. You talk well, about how much power there is. I'm never gonna spend the seven to eight hundred dollars which really isn't that much, but it's oh, like well, seven or eight hundred bucks. Oh exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I <laughs> totally agree. And that's you know, when you get into stuff like that, you're just saying, Okay, well, this is a thing that was designed to work at about forty five to fifty miles per hour, topped out, screaming topped mm-hmm. out. And when you uh, Whoa! Oh, yeah, that was shit. Sorry. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, they you have uh, to take off you, the fender for that engine because they you would take, stick out too far. When you take a motor, a bike, a whole operating system was meant to go 45 or 50. And yeah, here's your example. And there you go. So yeah, so that was our, our little our friends on their CTs crashing into each other. But you see, that's got the leading link as well. Yeah. So that's you know, that's a Honda Cub. That was a, not a CT. That was a yeah. That so that when you see those uh, leading link front suspensions, 
those things are terrifying. Like when you ride those at 40 miles an hour, 45 miles per hour, and you hit a bump, they I never just, come down in the same place twice. And I put this big fuck off knobby on the front of mine right now. So but they're nice when you stop, though, because they come up. Yeah, well, they are an anti-dive system yeah, because right. when you when you hit the brakes. But to me, that's terrible because when you're hitting the brakes, my oh, whole geometry is yeah. changing. So right. the bike well, is, is not taller. a leading yeah. link; it is, is a trailing link. It's trailing so link. Yep. Leading link is when it pivots in front. Yep. These are they are in the back. Yep. So the wheel is like this, not yeah. like this. Mm-hmm. Right. And not right. The opposite of a Vespa. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, a Vespa does crush when you hit the front wheel, and the <clears throat> Honda Elite scooter, Elite eighty scooters, when you hit the front brake, they get four inches taller yeah which is so good for handling yeah so i found uh sewer guy's next bike sewer guy's next bike is the drawing of an electric honda super cup yes yes and why is it that the patent drawing looks like a nine-year-old did it i don't know why do i question (laughs) the veracity of this product when the drawing that is supposedly the patent drawing looks like my nephew did it well they also have a prototype Yes, well, it, you know, the good news is making anything into an electric is really not that hard. Right. You know, with, with current technology, it's, you know, to, to do a prototype, pretty easy. To do an actual working physical, you know, production item, totally different story. But the weird part about it is it looks like it has hub motors. I wouldn't doubt if it did. Yeah. Because it's probably meant to be less than 50 miles an hour. Yeah. So hub motors would be a good application for, for that, you know. Did but, you see, I, I put you... I, you know, I don't didn't tag you. I mentioned you on the or on the thing that I was reading about the Tesla Quad. Yeah, did yeah. you read it? I saw that? that that the Tesla Quad Quad tribute. Right. So yeah, it's it's not the actual real Tesla Quad, but it's. But they had some right. some spy footage of the Tesla Quad sure. that looked like it had a zero motor in it. Oh, so, clearly. So they're yeah. kind of their build. Yeah, that powertrain. When I looked at that, and you actual, only get the actual Tesla Quad right. when you buy the actual Tesla truck. And you had been talking about Well, I've got a deposit that. on that. So oh, shit. I do have a deposit on the Cybertruck. And but that <laughs> but having a deposit on the Cybertruck right. is a $100 commitment. It's not like people that put $1500 on an Elio back yeah. before they got yeah, the Elio like shaped dick in their like ass. Me. I would say 100% you've got to get the, if I'm you, sorry, what was that? What was that, Mr. Grumpy Sewer guy? I said like a dummy like me putting oh, money down on an Elio. Oh, so you should have called it the up your ass. Oh man! If you can get the quad, you should get it. Yeah. Well, the I was curious about the Elio because I have not heard anything about the Elio in a very very long time. Has Has there been any update about the Elio no. that you've heard, or is it just like? No, it's the thanks press suckers. release from two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's all there is. There's nothing else. I have not, I have not heard or nothing, just nothing at all about the Elio. Steve. And it's just, it's Gonzo, man. It is it biggest is, mistake in automotive history. Is that what they said? That's what the video. Oh, uh, the biggest mistake in automotive history. That's saying a lot because there were a lot of mistakes in automotive history. But yeah, the Elio just, damn, that thing shit a golden brick, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Just like the helmet that had infrared. Yes, or, uh, exactly. Or, uh, the people or FLIR. FLIR built-in FLIR in the helmet. Yeah, yeah the Elio Those was guys definitely fucked everybody too. Yeah, they fucked everyone, and it's you know oh I like the Elio that's done as a shark. That's that's the only way I would ever have one. The uh, but yeah, I did put my one hundred dollar deposit down on the, on the Cybertruck. It is refundable, by the way, too. So that's it. That's good. Uh, I might put a hundred bucks down on a Bronco. See, there you, there you go. Yeah. Two door Bronco. Bronco. I'm getting What's one. the Elio killer? The Elio killer? I'm sorry, where were we? Up, up one, one more on the left. 
That? Oh, that is some that is that is that is some bad idea. Here's what I can tell you right now. That is probably the badge kind of looks like a Tata, but it's probably not. You're Camaro for that shit, aren't you? That thing right there, that looks like it should have wildfire printed on the side. It's a sedan. It's a sedan. It is a sedan. It's a three-wheeled sedan. It almost looks like Toyota. Yeah. The little sombrero. Yeah, it's a little sombrero. What? That's not yeah. what that is? I don't yeah. know, but I never thought of that before. <laughs> I thought that's what that was. The Toyota logo does kind of look like a it sombrero. It does. I just stopped <laughs> laughing. I never noticed it. It really does. <laughs> that's about as exciting as the first time somebody pointed out to me that the FedEx logo had an arrow in it. Yeah. Uh, in yeah. my whole life in your changed. Whole life, and I'm yeah. like, how did I never see that before? Yeah, it's, yeah. Now I'm never going to not look at a Toyota and not see It's like see the Amazon logo is everything from A to Z, so there's a little th- smiley face underneath that goes from A to Z. Uh, yeah, that's why they did that. Uh, I know, it's fucking weird, right? Damn, but yeah. that's another moment. All right. Yeah. I love how like, the LEO was originally supposed to cost just over $6,000. Yeah. Right. And that's how we all should have known that that was a scam. Yeah. Because, again, you shouldn't be able to buy a car for six thousand. Well, do you think it was a complete scam, or did somebody have? Did they have? A, did they have good intentions, and it fell apart? Or Elio's working on most of these things, but the final pricing they just announced pushes the cost up to seventy three hundred dollars. Uh, anyway, but th- the point is, this was all vaporware. This is this story is vaporware. So yeah, that's that's what we have going on. But there. Uh, but yeah, when you look at so it is that little ugly car that we were looking at in the picture. That is a Tata. So that is I was I was right on my initial influence that the logo did look, and it's called a Tata. Uh, Tata Nano Three. So that's uh, so that that's is a real car. That's a real car, and it's a real. I hope they didn't actually build it. I hope it's just. Uh, I hope it's just vaporware. I hope they didn't actually build the thing. But anyway, so it's it's rare. I mean, obviously, you have a million motorcycles come in and out of here all the time. Yeah, but I I think it's fairly rare where there's one that's going to stay. And didn't you just get one that stayed? Yeah, there? I did. I'm glad you brought that up. So you remember seven years ago we did a thing. At the motorcycle show, we did a special Vespa GTS 300 in flat black, and then we gave it to our buddy Kevin Moore, who does the uh, who does the Moonglow Lounge, yep. Kevin and Hadley, and he did a beautiful pinstripe job in it that couldn't be beat, mm-hmm. and really looked good with a flat back paint. And then we went out and we sold raffle tickets to it for the Wounded Warrior Foundation mm-hmm. to support those guys. And uh, what had happened is we did eventually have a winner, and the winner came out of Pennsylvania. And he got the bike, picked it up, and then uh, I kind of lost track of the bike. We didn't know what happened to it, seven years. And then a guy that I know um, in Erie, PA, Mm -hmm. bought the bike off of him. So the guy in Erie, PA, had the bike for a while. And uh, I touched base with him, and he's been having some uh, health issues where his his fingers are going numb and stuff like that. And uh, so... Uh, yeah, a deal was struck, and I got the Wounded Warrior bike back. Awesome. I'm pretty happy about that. It's really cool looking. It's really nice. So, and you did something to the front, too, right? So the front has been updated, so there's been a little more tiki essence put on the nose cone of it, and then I've got a bunch more ideas that we're going to do to kind of flesh it out. And so it would be like, instead of a Wounded Warrior, we're going a Tiki Warrior theme with it. And, you know, I've got a lot. I've got Tiki bikes now. I've got my GS is a Tiki bike. It's right. my, my Vespa GS is Tiki-themed. And Kevin did that and distressed the paint to make it look old and beat to shit. This one is not old and beat the shit. It's nice and pretty. Yeah. Um, it is funny, though, because, you know, the new Vespa is called the Vespa HPE, the 300. It's a high-performance engine. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, very speed-governed. You know, you get that bike up to 82 indicated miles per hour, and it will not give you the 83rd. Mm-hmm. And there's a, sp- a pretty gross speedometer error, too. So the the 300 HPE, it's, it's in the nanny state. Like, it's definitely only going to give you what it's going to give you. Show them your beer. 
And, oh yeah, you're drinking the alcohol-free Nanny State beer, the Brew Dog. Well, the, this older one, you know, so this is an, it's a 2012, right? So there's no electrical interference in it, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, I'm riding it back and forth to work over the past couple of days. I was like, oh, I've got my, so Chewbacca is the bike that's behind Nick. That's the, the fur-covered Vespa. And, you know, that's got a Melosi ECU in it. It's got a big fat pipe on it. It's an 06. It's got shocks and stuff. It's got bi-tubos on it, front and rear. It's had the, the variators have been upgraded. And that bike will run in a real-world GPS 90-plus miles an hour. And so I was like, yeah, you know, it's a good bike. It's an 06. It's an old platform. It's like the first generation of GTS 250s. Mm -hmm. And I really like that bike. And, of course, the fur slows it way down. The fur is not aerodynamically correct under any circumstances, but it looks way cool. Yeah, if you drop it, nobody knows. Well, it's been dropped several times. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, you, you can't tell. Dents just look like, you know, fat tissue. Yeah. <laughs> it's just chubby. It's just <laughs> chunky. It's a chunky Chewbacca. Unless you get down to the chicken fat. That's right. So you get down to the chicken fat. So it's a really, really quick bike if you take the top case off. Uh, the top case does it no favors. Uh, you get into a tuck, you realize you're into a tuck, and you're like, yeah, but there's a top case behind. Sticking out Fuck behind, you, yeah. right? So, uh, yeah, I took the top case off the Wounded Warrior bike, and I'm going to you know, take the whole rear rack thing off and make the back like a boat tail. Yeah. Just make it as smooth as possible. But I got it out. I was like, this thing's kind of quick. So I am gonna. I'm gonna do an. Intro. I want to do a little shootout and see between that bike and that's a dumb shootout. But that's a 300. Yeah. So that's a 300, and this is a 250, and this one's got a little bit of fire breathed on it. So I want to figure out between the 250 with Melosi uh, ECU, uh, and with the pipe and with the variator with the roller weights being different, how it stacks up to a dead stock bone stock first generation 300. What can you do to the Wounded Warrior? Everything that I did to this and more. You know, there's more stuff available for it now. Mm -hmm. But it's funny if if somebody hasn't ridden a fast scooter, which I yeah. had never ridden a fast scooter right. until I got the BV. Yeah, it's an experience, man. It's way yeah. different than you think. And well, it's twelve inch electric. wheels at ninety miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty interesting, yeah. Yeah. man. Twelve inch wheels at ninety miles per hour is literally don't fucking blink. Yeah, you just keep your focus very straight, very much straight ahead. You just get down into it. And you just kind of go with it. You, you know stay what else? Loose. You know what else I've noticed that twelve-inch yeah. wheels fucking hate. And Ohio decided that that's what they want to do now and everywhere. Yeah, is put the fucking wiggly lines well, the wiggly on lines. the highway. Yeah, yeah. On like big bikes, you don't yeah, notice. You it. don't notice. It. On the twelve-inch yeah. wheels, you're like fuck. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I hate this. Yeah, yeah. It's, bad. it's it's is not cool. Well, the worst thing is where you get like a seam where the, yes. there's a pothole that runs long ways. Yeah, that, that's oh, killed. That's, that's almost deadly. killed some people. Well, that wiped James out. So you know, James uh, was going across the bridge, and there was one of those seams. Rocky River Bridge, mm -hmm. and he didn't see it. He thought it was a puddle. He thought it was just some water laying in there, but it was a seam, and it was like twelve inches deep. Oh yeah, and it. four inches wide, so it looked just like a like an eighth of an inch of water. Right. Well, he was going to cut across it, and when he cut across it, it stopped the whole bike. Oh, beast! So man. it stopped the whole bike. He went over the handlebars, and yeah, fucked the rims up, fucked everything up. Like that, you got to watch out for that step. Can you, you always assume that water is nine feet deep? Right. Yeah, don't drive that's, through it. That's the same thing that happened to Andy, wasn't yeah. it? She literally pogoed over. Yeah, she she endoed. Yeah, yeah, because of a hole that looked like a puddle. Yeah, awful. Yeah, so always assume that every standing water assume that that's nine feet deep. Just avoid the fuck out of it. Yeah, it's it was pretty pretty fierce. So yeah, so I got the you know, it's a cool looking bike, man. Yeah, my only modern Vespa was Chewbacca, and I got Scootbacca because it was free because it used to be called the Deer Slayer. Because my customer had the bike for maybe three months, four months, and hit a deer 
and the bike went in the air completely the customer went in the air completely and the bike came down and it was proper fucked on every corner like no spot on the bike had been missed and i looked at it and i was like well i think with a set of forks and some good you know hammer time we can get this thing back to normal and we got a we eventually like six months later we got another bike in that had been hit by a car from the rear Perfect. and the forks were good yeah so i johnny cashed it and i took everything from those two bikes and put it together and i think i bought that thing from the insurance company for about 600 bucks and so then i drove it around with all the dents and shit in it for a while and then i just got sick of looking at the dents and i figured well we'll do it a fun for experience and see what happens and I wanted to keep the Vespa lines and stuff, so I did it two-tone. Yeah, it's cool so, looking. Is it's the badge uh, off to the right or something like the the, the Piaggio thing? Like the fur's probably off to the right. It depends not, on which way he's parting his hair. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's the not. funny thing is when you bring it into the shop after riding it on the freeway, all the hair slicked back like Elvis. <laughs> yeah. It's a brill cream. It is. It's like perfectly smoothed back. So wait, so... Is the headlight, I can tell that the grips and the bar ends and the levers yeah. and the headlight bucket itself are the same as the BV. You think? No. No, they're, they're not? not. They're totally not. Not. No, I'm not talking the whole head shape. I I'm know. saying the actual bucket. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Because it looks like, like I mean, all that. Could be the but, same game. Yeah, 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 yeah same yeah, game. Yeah. But I'm, I, you know. The next yeah, time could you be. put it on the highway, a little Aquanet should do it. You know what's <laughs> funny is that bike has been soaking wet like 20 times. Like that bike seems to be a rain magnet. Since I put the fur on it, it's just... Do you ever just, weigh it when it's wet? No, I've never weighed it while <laughs> I, But I was just like, some people wash their bike, I take mine to the groomer. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it has stayed, it's stayed remarkably nice for, you know, and that was the project. I had uh, the kid, Jarrett, was working at my east side shop. And it was with that time of the year we talked about, you know, November yeah. and things slow down a little bit. I was like, I brought in just rolls of this fun fur, and I told Jared, I'm like, all right, there's the hot glue gun. Don't make it look too bad. Oh, he did hot glue? Yeah, hot glue. Oh, all right. But it's just never coming off. Yeah. Yeah, that ain't Velcro. <laughs> we all, we, no, we all used to do the, the, the spray mastic. 38 spray, yeah. Yeah, yeah spray mastic, yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, I did hot glue because I wanted to make sure. Because <laughs> that spray it. mastic lets go. It does. Yeah. But it lets you change it after a while. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, can, especially with plastic, with yeah. like, you know, like 900 hours or whatever. Yeah. They, they were great until you had about 3,000 cracks in the yeah. plastic, and then it just was like a bag. Just flopping in the wind. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, so, I mean, it, but it, the scooters are supposed to be fun. Yeah. Yep. You know, that thing's got a $900 Shadoni Formula One seat on it and oh, yeah. a $600 bike. So, yeah, there you go. So it's got $3,000 worth of parts on it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's great. It's, it, is, it is a magnet for high-performance scooter parts. Yeah. That's what it is. And I didn't do a top end kit to it because I really couldn't understand the justification. I've ridden, I have friends that have really good top end kits, mm. big bore kits on their bikes, and they're not that much faster when yeah. you've got a bike that is still in perfect shape, like mechanically, it's still great. Yeah. When this, when the motor gets fucking tired, then I'll do it. That's the you thing. Know? Like, you know, like all these people, like they get something, they always want to throw something like, you know, let's put a, a bigger top end, whatever. Right. You are sacrificing reliability. I don't care who does it. It's yeah. not the factor. It wasn't the way it was made I for. I agree. It. And it's like for the TNT 135, they sell a 155 yeah. kit. Right. What, what is that going to do? What are you possibly going to get from that? <laughs> yeah. Like, right. like, 20 cc's on that. I yeah. don't think you're going to get a so whole hell of a lot. four or five hours fan. worth of work. Yep. Loss of about, what, 10 or 15, 20% reliability. Right. Right. And for one horsepower. Or well, that, and you're going to be spending the rest of your life going, oh, shit, is today the day? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Is today the day that, it, you know, and there's also something about compromising, mm -hmm. compromising what the factory hath put together. Right. 
because you know that you're never going to build that motor the same exact way that the factory did. You just mm-hmm. you'll, you'll do a good job. That's great, but there's always that chance that just something gets pinched weird right. or, or whatever. So well, especially with like a, a water cooled bike too, yeah. you're, you're getting 10 percent more boom with the same cooling system. Yes. And, and yeah, that's absolutely true. It's a good way to look at it. And we've built tons of top ends on Vespas, and they tend to be really good, and they're really easy to do, and it's a good, easy motor to rebuild. But I just, for my bike, if it, it goes, it goes faster than it should go on twelve inch wheels right now. Right. Yeah. It's, if it you're getting ninety mile an hour, that bike. What yeah. do you want? Right. And right. that's exactly it. I've never been on the freeway going. If I only had ten more, and never. Yeah. I've never said that. I've always basically passing cars up, and people are busy neck checking me because they're like i think i just got passed by a fucking vespa dude the the, the one Get time the one time on a flat <laughs> highway that i held the bv open and got to like over 100 or whatever it's it, it's scary the, oh yeah the last time i felt that scared was on an r1 pegging it like it seriously <laughs> like it's almost the same feeling because you're like this is this is shady and like yeah. there's flex coming out of the thing because it's a scooter at that point you're oh my bumps. fucking like, yeah, god man not good. yeah that's that's not great that's oh. a fuck and it is terrifying to have a bike that's not appropriate no doing that speed yeah and now they've they have softened that shit up like the manufacturers things got a little out of control for a while and yeah. now they're definitely putting electronic you know chastity belts on stuff does anybody make does it like so back in the day like for mountain bikes like even some of the x frames and stuff mm-hmm. if you were going to do some heavy downhill yeah they sold like a top bar that you could kind of put in there mm-hmm. to help stabilize it yeah does anybody make a top bar for like a buddy or a, a Vespa that you could like On stay- a buddy, you would fucking need it because buddies are so flexible. Yeah. You can grab the handlebars of a buddy oh, and you yeah. can move the handlebars back to you two inches. Yeah. Right? Wow. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. can, does anybody make anything like that? No, but you make it yourself. Well, I mean, of course I you mean can. usually yeah. they have the helmet holder right here. That's right. two bolts. You can right. get a plate, yep. take the exactly. helmet holder off. That's, that's one plate there. Yep. And then strategically, you're probably going to have to cut through the plastic somewhere. Yeah, make a hole in the plastic and zap that to get to you know yeah. to yeah. get to the frame underneath there. Maybe yeah. I would do a clamp somewhere mm-hmm. up in there. Yeah, because you would make it. I don't. I don't want to weld it. I just right. want to have it a clamp on yeah. thing. I mean, it just needs something to hold Actually, you might even be able to go through one of the panels there. Yeah, make a thing that comes up and wise, and you take off the the covers. Yeah, and yeah. maybe go in there and grab something. You know, or something. what I can say is the Vespa hmm. frames. They're you know the monocoque, monocoque design, right? Yeah, it's yeah, the monocoque yeah. or monocoque design. It's fucking rigid. They yeah, are you're right, you're remarkably right. rigid. The older Vespas, we would put a top bar in them. You know, racer boy shit. Yeah, we put a top bar in them. Whether or not, like how much change it made, I don't know. It was just cool. But it was cool. Yeah, it looked cool. <laughs> it fucking looked great. It looks super cool. Crack your nuts on that shit. Yeah, put a put an extra put a gas an actual functional gas tank That's up there so you get all that yeah. extra head pressure. Yeah. So you don't really need a high flow fuel tap, and you got all that extra head pressure yeah. up there, and then you got that whole underseat area for tools because yep. you'll need them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and extra oil because you'll need that too. Yeah, but yeah, that's it is a funny, it's a very very weird thing. Uh, yes, the DRZ four hundred went away. Oh, oh, here's a fucking tip for you guys if you're ever trying to sell a motorcycle on uh, Facebook Marketplace. Mm. Fuck these people! Holy shit, Fire man! Here. How many? Holy how many? Holy shit! I, I sold two two bikes in the last two months. Yeah. Each one had a hundred messages a yeah. day. Oh yeah, a hundred a day. And easy. Ninety nine point yeah. seven of them were just bullshit. Is this still available? Yeah. 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 The one click wonder. Yeah. Or just yeah. like, would you take three hundred dollars? Uh, yes. Yeah. So insane. Yeah. Insane, insulting, ridiculous. Now here's the problem. It's a 2015 DRZ 400. Mm-hmm. Blue book value on that's about 5,400 bucks. Right. Okay. I had it up at 3,400 bucks because it has salvage title. Right. 
but it only had 2,300 miles on it. Right. Ran great, worked great, everything was fantastic. It looked good. It was here forever. It was, yeah. And it was, I could go out and hit the button, the bike always started and always ran. So, God love it. It's doing exactly what it, it should. It had the gold rims, which gold are kind of hard to get. Very cool looking. Yeah. So, I put it up for 3400 bucks. So, it's 2000 below where it should be. Mm. Holy shit, you'd have thought I'd invited people to the best. You know, like, it, nobody, nobody could resist this fucking bike. And I had the whole thing. I was going to make a book just on selling the DRZ <laughs> of the shit people offered me. And oh, it yeah. was a lot of cars. Oh, wow. Like Scion XB mm-hmm. with 197,000 miles on it, <laughs> you know? Um, all kinds of shit that shouldn't even be. Well, at least right? you weren't having the ATV kids. Oh, the ATV I got the ATV. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got, you got, I can give you an Xbox, 17 games, a skateboard, yep. a one wheel, and like some other shit. And you're like, all right, dude. No. <laughs> the cumulative retail value of this crate of possessions is at least $3,400. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to give you one hour on the dark web. Yeah. You know? Yes. It is the most ridiculous shit that people... And, of course, everyone says, like, they haven't seen the bike yet. No. I have a, U- I have a YouTube video up because I do YouTube videos That's of everything. I have 24 fucking pictures of the thing. I got everything going on. And somebody writes up, can you send more pictures? <laughs> I took super what? zoomed in pictures. <laughs> I suggest of everything. you send your body here to look at the bike. <laughs> then, you sent a picture of a body part. And then other people the are saying, "Will you take two K? You know, or just or just writing back the number two and the letter K, and that's it. That's their whole response. It's just two well, K. And not only that, but like you yeah. probably had decent pictures, so F- you got a lot of yeah. responses. <laughs> yeah, right. this, this is the typical. Look at this picture. Oh my god, it's a naked guy on a katana. Like, look at yeah. this is what this yeah. guy's sales picture is. Yeah, it's literally a guy taken. You no, know, that's taken from the security cam, the Nest cam, when he stole it. That's literally the guy with no shirt on pushing it out of somebody's garage, stealing that bike. Yeah, no. that's the Nest cam of the bike being stolen. Your ring. He had to call the guy and say, "Do you have the pictures from your ring from last night? I'd really like to sell this bike." Oh, jeez, fuck that, man. Yeah, I tried too hard to sell a thirty-four hundred dollar bike, and that was the problem. Is it was too good. And I got all the fucking, like, everybody in the fucking world. And if I put in the front, the first word of my listing says salvage. Right. Salvage title. The next words, cannot be financed. Right. So as soon as you get below where it says DRZ400, it says DRZ400 SM. Salvage title cannot be financed. Right. What's the down payment? <laughs> what's my what's bucks. my monthly payment? Yeah. Thirty four hundred bucks. I was like, one yeah, time payment one convenient payment of thirty four hundred dollars, and she's all yours. But yeah, it it took me to a whole new low, and that's saying something. I've been doing this for twenty years professionally. Yeah, and the DRZ put me on a KZ one thousand level of frustration. <laughs> well, you're, once you like, get once you get the wheelie bikes, yeah. you're getting all those guys. Oh yeah. my god, man! Yeah, holy shit! It was it was really hard. it was a hardship. I was offered a CRF 150 for my Ascot. For your right? Ascot, yeah, right. yeah. How does that benefit me in any way? Right. Yeah. I said I was firm. Right. I said I needed to sell the bike for cash because I need space. Right. Why would I sell a 500 cc street legal bike mm-hmm. for a 150 cc not street legal bike? Dude, I on the ATV I said 
I'm, the only reason I'm selling this is because I under I overestimated how far it was going to be to go and take this thing to ride. I don't have anywhere to ride off road, so no dirt bikes, no anything. You know how many dirt bikes I got yeah. offered to me? Oh my god! Like every yeah. single, I'm like, obviously you don't read, and I, right. I think I had it in there three times. Like no dirt bikes, no dirt bikes. Or guns. Bike. I get a lot of. I get a lot of. Uh, get a lot of guns. Yeah, yeah, a lot of guns. And I would be okay with getting guns. Right I would guns. take the right. Yeah, no, I, guns. I have. Yeah. So I mean. Yeah, I have I have no problem taking guns in because guns is like five moving parts, six moving parts. It's really hard to fuck me over with a gun. Right. I can usually check it out instantly and know whether or not it's worth having. So, Plus so, the appreciation on a yeah. gun is insane right now. Yeah, it is. It's true. Here's here's a pro tip for people buying stuff on on a, a Facebook Marketplace. If you are serious about the bike, let the person know. In the ad, so the guy that I sold, the both guys that I sold the bikes that I was selling to, to, were guys that, in the midst of 40, 50 messages yeah. of stupidity, were like, "If the bike is exactly what you showed and said it is, right. I will come tomorrow with the amount you are right. asking with cash, yeah. and as long as it does everything that you said it's supposed to do, I will take it from you tomorrow." I just I keep mean, my I phone number. Get a good response from. I would like to buy the bike. Please call me at this. Exactly. Number. Yeah, that's right. okay too. That's what I do. Yeah. But you know what? As much as the the potential buyers are are buttholes, the potential there's plenty of potential sellers that are totally worthless pieces of crap too. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, there's so many of those. The people that don't take the time to take a picture of their bike. Like seriously, <laughs> yeah. I, some of them. There's like there's memes going around right. that say like oh, yeah. Facebook Marketplace ad, and it's like the car is like 14 miles back yeah. and the thing, or another <laughs> one's like the picture of the side mirror, but it's blurry. Right. Like what yeah. is that picture of? Like, did you go ahead and take a look at there? Look on the right column. See the right column. Okay. Yeah. So you see all the pictures of the the, the DRZ. Yeah. Okay. Ready. <laughs> wow. DRZ, 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 And what's the one thing that's not from any of those? Right. There's not one female. <laughs> no, no, there's not one female. Look, we're still going, guys. Lady, it's still available. You know, there's a there's it's a still Facebook going. group called uh, local one called Hilarious That's Marketplace it. Ads. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. run by my friend Ben that I bought my S sixty five from. Yeah. yeah, and it it's some funny stuff, but it needs more people posting funny yes, stuff. Yes, it, so it does. Yeah, yeah. look for it. Yeah, Hilarious well, well. Marketplace Ads. Yeah, it, it is funny when I list cars sometimes, like especially with the little Japanese cars. I will always say is like, you know, I'm not interested in any trades whatsoever. I'm not interested. I I need space. I'm I'm looking to move some cars out of the way, and I've enjoyed this car. It's been fun, but it's on my bucket list, and I've had it now. It needs to go on to somebody else. Right. And that's when you get the message that's like it is literally the 1979 Broham, <laughs> and it's just like this thing's great. You totally want this. I'm like, like you. What makes you think I? My entire world. If you look at any car I've listed. They're all the same. They fit in a shoebox. Right. Like everything I do, and yet people are just well, maybe you unsolicited you put your card too. In the trunk. Yeah, it's just I love getting the completely unsolicited uh, stuff. So. Like yeah, Benjamin. Yeah. That's yeah. I really dig. I really have never had an offer on Facebook Marketplace yeah. that I would even consider. Right. Like yeah, nobody's no. ever. Yeah. The trades are always psychotic. And the yeah. the, the value that people put on their trades is oh, amazing. Yeah. 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 It's. It's the like if you half that, I could. The best offer I had on the Ascot was my uh, Don Slicker offered me a. He has an XL125 yeah. and a Metropolitan scooter. See, there you go. Oh, uh, but I don't need two. I don't need one. two. <laughs> right, that's it. None. Zero for one. Yeah. 
Uh, the scam is still alive, by the way. Uh, if everybody's wondering, we did have a gentleman call and say he really wanted to buy our 2013 Harley Davidson uh, uh, Fat Boy Super Low or Fat Boy Low. Okay. And he called and he said that he was currently on deployment. Oh. So he's currently on deployment. And so uh, he was going to get a power of attorney so in that Albania. his girlfriend could bring in a credit app for him mm. or could, could set up some financing for him. Or maybe she would just be able to bring us a cashier's check. Mm. And that another one of his friends would then swing by and pick the bike up. Sure, sure. And uh, then it turned into, well, you know, my, my friend probably can't swing by and pick the bike up. I've got uh, a collection agency. I've got I've got a I got a guy who's going to do the shipping for me, but he needs to be paid cash. So when he comes by, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put an extra five hundred dollars yeah. in the cashier's check. So when you get the cashier's check, there's going to be an extra five hundred in it. And then uh, we'll go ahead and have uh, have the guy come to pick the bike up. And when he comes, just give him 500 cash. I can only imagine that people do still fall for this because they're still doing it. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is like after you pay the shipping guy, it might right. only be 300. So you have to return that extra 150, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. He didn't go to that job. <laughs> but I mean, in reality, somebody who believed this shit would be out the motorcycle yeah, yeah. and they'd be out 500 cash. And there'd be no way to get anything back. And those those scammers, yeah. they specifically like obviously they try guys like you and yeah. everybody else, right? But they specifically target older like older cars with older people. Yeah. Because they're already confused about the Absolutely. internet. Absolutely. And so to them, yeah. they're used to checks. Like when's the last time I, I wrote a check? I don't even have checks right. anymore, right? Oh, people come into the shop all the time. They don't have checks, they don't know how to write checks. Yeah. Checks are a, a I dead sign. The better idea is since yeah. you have to take cash, if you get that cashier's check, yeah. just bring the cash. That's what I always say. I was yeah. like, if you're going to bring me a cashier's check, save yourself the trouble. Bring me cash. Why are you walking around with that much money in your pocket so much? Just bring it directly here. I'm going to save you a whole lot of exposure with that cash. Send right. a cashier's check to your friend who's coming to get it and have him bring me the cash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Any number of solutions. But the point being, as soon as they find out you're a dealership, they're like, oh, oh sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, you're a dealership. Okay. Yeah. That's great. So it's alive and well. People are trying to steal shit on, oh, yeah. on Facebook Marketplace yeah, every single day. You just need one of those trap doors <laughs> where you come in and they can't get out. We had a man trap at our first store, our store on Lorraine Road down there. We had a man trap and I had the buzzer set up. So yeah, we could trap people between two wrought iron gates. And I could hold them in there. When, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Them. When we had one guy try to rob us the one time and as soon as he made it out the first gate, he couldn't get out the main door, and he was just sitting there. And I just watched that door close because we had a big, heavy spring on it. And when that man trap door closed and it snatched shut, I was like, oh. <laughs> I just got a human. I literally just got a human. I've never been like, where do I get a gimp mask? Right. Like, where? Like, I got, I need chain. I need a garage door opener and a gimp mask. And a torch. And a, well, that was it. I was just like, oh my God. You're like, this guy will not be missed by anybody. No, and I was, and I was angry because he tried to rob my store. Right, right. You know, and I chased right. him out. You walk up there, you're just like, hmm. I left him in the cage for a good long time Dude, it would have before been, I called the cops. It would have been so good just to stand there rubbing your nipple yes. looking at him like, oh, yeah. I was kind of... got a pretty mouth, boy. <laughs> he kicked the shit out of the inside of my cage. Yeah. I mean, like, he kicked the shit out of it. And what I built the cage with was I had a steel door, which oh. you, you should. Right. So I had a steel door as the outside door. But my inside door was one of those. You could buy it at Home Depot in certain parts of the town. Mm-hmm wrought iron storm doors oh yeah and it's full lagged in the whole way around like this is a security device right don't let its nice modern finish 
fool you. <laughs> right. You ain't getting through this Don't thing. Don't let its trellis-like appearance. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Jeez. dainty. It has the impression of grapevines. No, this thing was serious, and he kicked the shit out of it. He wow. tried. He gave his very best. So what you needed hydraulics to, like, like just keep making it closer like, and yeah. closer and closer. Or just at least just pull the air out. Yeah. Like slowly pull the air out. So yeah. like, I called 911. I said, you know, the guy tried to rob me and everything else. And they were, well, you know, did he get anything? And I said, no, no. And he got back to the back of my shop. I grabbed, you know, the machete we keep back there. And I chased him out with the machete. And, uh, and like, oh, well, you know, is he still there? Like, is he still in the property? I said, yeah, he's still in the property. He's right here. You know, you want to hear him? His <laughs> you know? is here. Yeah. And he's, his he's here. there. Right. And his torso is <laughs> over <still> there. <laughs> Most of them still here. Yeah, well, last <laughs> night we had a weird thing at the shop here. We had this guy, uh, this dude. I, I, we got to come up with a good name for this guy because I just, I just can't come up with a good name for him. But he's a wackadoodle. And he showed up at the shop. He showed up outside here, and he was here all day long. He was. We thought he was just hanging out for the bus, but he just never fucking left. And so we don't know who he is or who he was, but squirrely Dan. He's he's got really. I mean, he's just got a smoldering look about him. Oh like, yeah, that's a weird. Yeah. I'll pass video. it around. I'll pass it around. But so this was, why was he looking at you like that? Is this yeah, a joke? Funny. No, this is real. So this guy was in front of my shop yesterday, leaning on the pole for about seven hours, just fucking around general in the neighborhood. But a couple of customers came and went, and he said some stuff to them. And then James kind of came out and was like, hey, can I help you? And the guy was like, no, dude, you know, just fuck you. Just leave me alone or whatever. And James was like, okay, so he left him the fuck alone, right? Mm -hmm. James came back into the shop. Well, then he tried to come into the service department, like through the roll-up door. Not smart. And that's not going to work out too well for you around here. And so James went Go ahead, grab the phone. And so James basically told He needs a tune-up. Yeah, so the uh, so James was like, Phil, you might want to do something about the guy. And I was like, well, you know, we're going to close for business here in about an hour. We'll all fuck off, and then we'll see what he does. And so at one point, I just kind of, like, my my staff had all left. So I said, I was like, hey, dude. You know, he's in my parking lot and stuff. So I was like, hey, dude, you got to go. You got to go. This is it. You know, I'm not leaving here until you leave here, so you got to go. And I'm like, You're pri- this is my private property. You're not allowed to be on it. So he flipped me the bird. When he flipped me the bird, I was like, move your hand down. I'm taking a picture. <laughs> and so he pulled his hand down. I took the picture that's it, there with him pulling his hand down. Wow, so I was like, okay. Funny. So the Calvin Klein shirt is the best. Yeah, it's pretty, he's pretty tasteful. And so Renee was like, well, he's not homeless. He's dressed well. And I'm like, well, but he's also, you know, yeah. this is a mental illness problem or whatever. Just an angry asshole problem. Spanish, but then he, maybe. Well, then he went and sat on the fucking hood of my car. Oh, what? So he went and sat on the hood of my car, and I was like, okay, dude, that's it. Yeah. Fuck you. And so I called 911. I was like, oh, I told him, I was like, I'm calling the police. You're trespassing. I've asked you to leave. You have to leave. I was like, if you don't leave, you're trespassing, and I can have you arrested. So the police have been called. I right. give him a description over the phone, whatever. And, of course, that's when he decides to spout off. My brother's the chief of police. And I was oh, like, oh, boy. really? Then you should call him. You need a ride. You don't look <laughs> you, <know>? you don't <laughs> send one of his cars over. You know, the chief of police is the wrong race. Well, yes, for this particular <laughs> gentleman, yes, the, our chief is uh, our chief's a black Swipe guy, and, and this is yeah. Swipe so right, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> like, yeah, so exactly. So I just so I called police, and I was like, okay, well, if the cops don't show up in twenty minutes, Renee was at back exercising as she does. I didn't want her going out to her car with this yeah, guy no, out there. That guy's too this guy's nothing but trouble. Yeah. So I grabbed my garden hose and brought my garden hose out, and I was like, just about <laughs> to hook the garden hose up and give the guy a shower, you know, first day at a county. Yeah. And so I'm hooking the garden hose up, and the police show up, and the police are like, you know, they just, you know, you know, 
go where you want, but you can't stay here kind of thing. Yeah. So they didn't ID him. They didn't do anything. So I hope you, you know, I was like, I was like, you, did, you didn't ID him. You just scurried him along. Retaliates. And they're, and they're like, well, you know, he's probably about, he's probably got mental illness or something like that. I'm like, well, that's not a reason to not ID him. Right. You should still ID him. I was going to say he wasn't driving or riding a bicycle or anything, right. but he was on private property. He was on private property well, and he was asked to leave. And more importantly, yeah. some, the next day when you show up and your window's That's fucking what I broken. Said. When all the cars are kicked in and everything else, we yeah. might want to have an idea of who did it as yeah, opposed right. to the guy that I've got some lovely glamour shots of. He right. ran around the yeah. corner and is sleeping under a bush right now. Exactly. Right. So Should've long. Right. Broke the top off a can of great stuff and stuffed it down his pants. Well. <laughs> 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 I mean, I think that's now. Look, different. as a man who's had great stuff, every <laughs> on parts of me that shouldn't have had great stuff on me, it's I will tell you that shit. stuff does not fuck around. Yeah. I know that's what I'm saying. There it's is nothing. Weapon. There is nothing that can take great stuff off except it's gorilla for, glue foam. Yeah, it's gorilla glue, and and the only thing that takes it off is abrasion. Yeah. And time. time. <laughs> right? So it's like, if you're not going to lay around and roll around in a sandbox for the next three years, that I'd rather great be stuff dipped is in gonna, pine sap. Yeah, it really would. I would much rather be dipped in pine sap. That great stuff. When they tell you that you should wear gloves when using it, they should be the insemination gloves. Oh, you're absolutely right. When, no, when, it should be a Tyvek suit. Tyvek suit. Yeah, exactly. We redid my garage. Like, I have a Cleveland Heights garage that was falling yep. over. And so I used to leak and it was horrible. So Mike, Mike, <laughs> Mike, that was here. No, no, no. We he he came in. We rebuilt the whole. Well, not we. He he rebuilt the whole uh, garage. I thought you were going to say you filled it with great stuff. <laughs> hollowed out the area <laughs> that you wanted to park. I need a little igloo inside. No, but when, when we rebuilt it, I noticed that like at some point they had raised the garage up, and so the old two by fours that went into the slab were no longer there. So water could come up through all these things. So I got that really high density great foam shit, and I didn't realize how much it expanded because oh, I yeah. hadn't used it a long oh, time. Because they right make now. three different levels of expansion. Oh, dude, I, I squirted in all these holes. Next thing I know, it's on me. It's on my hands. Oh yeah, it's like seven feet out yeah. from the bottom of the garage, <laughs> oh, yeah. like just everywhere. I had to take a kitchen knife and cut this shit like yes, a day the later. The worst thing in the world is when you're done using great stuff. Yeah. It's not done yet. No. So <laughs> when you're done using great stuff, and you're like, I'm done. Yeah. Well, that's not done yet. No. And it'll break the glass in a window frame. Oh, like, yeah. It's straight up. It's going to keep going until it gets tired. There's window and door, which doesn't expand. Yeah, which doesn't expand. Yeah. Okay. Well, then the worst thing is wherever you put know. that fucking can. So that can <laughs> yeah, it's just like, is still fucking great stuffing. <laughs> and so you're over here admiring your work or whatever you're doing or looking for something to cut through the thing you just broke. And you don't realize it and you back up into it. Yeah. Or you reach for it. But instead of being a can of great stuff, it's a great stuff that's puking a, a fountain of great and, stuff out and, of it. And, and as the outside, it looks like it's dry. No, no, it's, it's not just dry. the skin. It's a trap. And so if you do that, then <laughs> yeah. it's like... It's, it's a fucking trap, dude. It's a fucking trap. Yes. And the only way to dispose of a can of great stuff is to throw it in your neighbor's neighbor's trash. <laughs> Don't even throw it in your own fucking trash. There's a, there's a chance you might have to use that trash can someday. Yeah, right. And if you put a can of great stuff in your own trash can... Yeah, you're done. And you throw other stuff in there, and that can you had a whole Halloween costume made out of great stuff. Yeah, I made. A, I took a big beach ball. Yeah, and like great stuff. This alien the outside of a beach ball. Just, yeah, wow, it was pretty cool. It would have stopped a forty-four Magnum. <laughs> yeah. Did you do that while it was on your head? Not yeah. Yeah, oh. <laughs> it just did the inside. I made the. I also made like these. That space, would have taken like twenty cans. space worms that <laughs> yeah. went, went through my body, or you right. just like. And then I took like an eyeball and stuffed it in there, a glowing thing, and they looked oh. like maggots growing yeah. through my body. It, oh yeah, 
there's no reason why you couldn't take a canoe, wrap it in saran wrap, right? great stuff on the outside, and then take the canoe out. <laughs> I'm convinced you'd have another canoe. Yeah. Well, it's a great <laughs> idea. My canoe's exactly. I've been trying to fix this patch in my canoe forever. I'm like, I just fucking put a board right there yeah. and the whole ass end of it. Yeah. Flex seal. Yeah. You need flex seal. That dude can float a screen door. Yeah, but flex seal won't. I wouldn't be able to sink that exactly. canoe. Exactly. Do right. that to the stern. Do yeah. that to the, the bow. Yeah. You'd be set. There's I, no I problem. I did that with my samurai and all the fenders. Yeah. So I've seen there's a guy that drives around here in a, you know, Cle- for people who don't live in Cleveland, we have two seasons. We have you know, oppressive humidity and salt. <laughs> and the uh, during the salt season, we basically donate portions of our cars Car. back to planet Earth. And it's called grounding. Right, exactly. So there's, <laughs> we get terminal cancer on all of our vehicles. And what happens, though, is... I love seeing the people that have the terminal cancer up to the door handles in an old Ford or Chevy pickup truck, and then they'll fill it with great stuff. And then they'll sand the great stuff with like a cheese grater, Yeah, and then paint it. Yeah, it's even better. I think that's just the height of class right there. It won't rust no more. No, it won't rust no more. That's it. And then every two years, when the rust gets further away from the great stuff, you have to add more great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Probably makes the car way less, too. And it's ballot. It's uh, buoyancy. It'll float. So yeah. if it goes in the water, you don't die. If they had yeah. great stuff that, like, it was like it formed a good bulletproof it that way. Well, I bet right. you could. Yeah. But it'd be kind of cool if it had, like, if it formed, like, if it was like a certain variety that like skinned itself or like a good like centimeter oh, yeah, yeah. skin. So it gave a, a thick yeah, and coating. Then you could on actually it. sand it. That's like, a great idea. We need like Kevlar great stuff. I wonder if you could just use it and then brulee it, like hit it with a brulee oh, torch. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, just hit it with a torch and just like mold, like melt that outer layer yeah, of great stuff. Yeah. But great stuff is probably a little bit evil that way. Yeah. So if you hit it with just the right amount of fire, it just explodes. Yeah. Or just disintegrates. Close to 10 times its size. I'm fairly sure it's really flammable. <laughs> Maybe that's they what do snakes make, are. Well, they do make fireproof. <laughs> they do make fireproof great stuff and it's red. Safe. And they make yeah. the uh, they make uh, rodent proof. So that's yes, great stuff that has... DDT in it. <laughs> yeah. <but laughs> mice and shit don't like. Oh, we've got yeah. fiberglass in it. Yeah. Like fiberglass... Uh, Something. That's the only way you could make Great stuff more lethal and evil <laughs> would be if it had fiberglass in it. You know, that's a way Seriously. You can keep mice yeah, out of your airbox just now. It asbestos kills you later. Fiberglass, <laughs> like anybody who's ever fucked with fiberglass, oh. knows that it is a week and a half of hell. My RV yeah. is made out of It's fiberglass. made out of fiberglass, yeah. So yeah. I'm cleaning it and everything, and I'm like, uh, I'm like, I wonder how much it really takes don't, to, get, no, 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 don't to, do to really get the spot clean, you know? No, and I'm you like, oh, oh, yeah, no, that no, came no. out really... Oh, oh no! <laughs> Why is my, my hands on fire? Hand, my whole hand was just fucking... There's uh, nothing you can do. Uh, I have glassed my hands so bad doing boats and shit like that. My dad used to work on Corvettes. Like, oh, my God. And as a little kid, you're stupid. We didn't have any safety equipment. Well, even even to the, the thing of like the, the Pink Panther insulation. Yes. Yeah. Like I remember I used to do painting like for a summer job when I was like 18 or whatever. Yeah. And we were doing this garage and this guy had like they were building the house. So they had like 30 rolls of the pink yeah. insulation. Right. And so the boss is like you and you and, to, you know, we're like right. 17 The dumb kids, yeah. He was like, all right, take all those and get them out of here. So we're carrying these things. And you're like, they're light. It. Check it out. How yeah. strong we are. You got yeah. two of them. Smash right. them in your ears and face. <laughs> about about <laughs> 10 minutes later, I'm like, ah. My ears are like this big. Exactly. It's horrible, man. Yeah. Oh, it is, so it is just it. It's like anybody else looks at those rolls of pink insulation or yellow insulation. They're like yeah. fluffy. And I look <laughs> at that shit. Candy. Above every single one of these ceiling tiles, oh, no. there's a four-inch mat of 
death. Owens Corning. There's a oh, four-inch yeah. man of yellow insulation with a paper backer <laughs> behind every single one of these ceiling tiles. Oh, geez. And part of that is for a good R value. Mm-hmm. And part of it, I swear to God, is so that you can't tell when the roof's leaking until it's a proper problem. <laughs> so until there's a 40-pound piece of soggy fiberglass, soggy fiberglass that bows the, the ceiling tile in, which those are made of fiberglass too, by the way. Right. So ceiling tiles are made of fiberglass and the fucking insulation's made of fiberglass. Right. So what does that tell you? Fuck that. Yeah, nothing yeah. good. Fuck it can be kind of considered a, a, a thievery deterrent if they're trying to come through the roof. Yeah, yeah. Or also, my three three layers of roofs would probably be through. <laughs> like I had this idea of putting skylights in the back for the mechanics, yeah. and then we looked at the drains where they go in and kind of pulled the stuff out of the inside of the drain to do like a core sample to see like how far of a <laughs> you know, how far of a skylight we need to do. Yeah, it's amazing how many layers my roof has. It's a flat roof, so just like rubber layers. There's the or? steel. Okay, that is the 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 roof when they built the building. The there's corrugated right. structural steel, and then there's about two inches of airspace above that and then there's wood and oh. then there's some sort of mastic there's Fi- some sort of like a fiber there's like fiber board in there yeah too. there's some sort of fiber board in there and then there's another four inch gap and then there's another layer of wood and then there's at least 50 years of various different tars <laughs> and rubber sheeting to be roofing materials you don't so, have gravel up there no no now what i have is i have um, a full rubber roof with uh, silver sparkles. Mm. So they did my whole roof and then I spent extra money so they could go up there with, with fairy dust. Mm. And they literally had leaf blowers. I shit you well, not, yeah, leaf it was, blowers. It was kind of cool. Yeah, so, it was very was cool. Yeah, were, you were there when they were doing it. They have leaf blowers with big media t- hoppers on them. Oh, cool. Hmm. And they just start the leaf blower and it just blows pixie dust. And they obliterate it. Yeah, they do obliterate it. They fucking <laughs> obliterate it. Yes, they did. And my trash can will always be extra fabulous. Everything that was outside will be extra fabulous forever. Because it sticks to everything. What's the purpose of that? Uh, it reflects light. Oh, I so see. it reflects light to keep the roof cooler. And it does. And they and they did not. I got my money's worth out of that. Because if, if they, I guarantee they used 500 pounds of that shit. There was uh, something like... so. Obviously, you guys all know we're in the military. The stuff released to drop the the sparklies yeah. to mess up with chafe, the radar yeah. and stuff, chafe, whatever chafe, it is. Yeah. Now they're talking that they're trying to figure out a way if the earth continues to heat, mm-hmm. where they can suspend that shit up in the atmosphere, a different yeah. type of chafe, it's just lighter. That'll yeah. just right. do exactly yeah. that and reflect Absolutely. the light. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's crazy. How long spray. does it stay up there? <laughs> How long does it stay up there? Breathe deep. <laughs> Hang on. Let's find out. If it's light enough that it can float, you could probably breathe it in too. <laughs> we, we, we learned. I, I was in a very. Uh, I was. I was. I was destroyed sitting in a chair yeah. listening to these two talk. Oh yeah, at yeah. like two a.m. Yeah. one night, right? Yeah. And it got so good. And you were cannabased. I was. I was definitely cannabased, just sitting there, and I. They were like, you were just giggling, and I was like, well, that was the appropriate response because you yeah. were talking about how the Earth or the Moon is a spaceship. So, I mean, <laughs> at that point, there was they no other option. They something spot. on the moon, and it literally, it rang for three weeks. Yeah. And I'm not it's saying hollow. it's wrong. I'm not saying anyway. But what they did blow my mind. No, wait, wait. The, the cutting off the cow's dick part was wrong. What are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> yeah. oh, aliens. No, no but, but, oh, okay. but the, the, the best part, though, that, like, <laughs> in the state of mind I was in with these two guys talking about this stuff, they did point out the fact that the moon's face never changes. And as a 50-year-old man, I've never known that. I always thought the moon spun, but it doesn't. It's always the same face of the well, moon it, it staring at It does spin, you. but 
just with, fast enough to keep I was going to say yeah, yeah the no, same the rear, so geosynchronous yeah right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. exactly yeah but but then I so because of him I started looking up all, all this shit right yeah and now I'm like in I'm, I'm infatuated with it and like the the chances like they they put all the 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 ratios of shit that has to happen for that thing to actually do that and stay there for oh, the last okay. million right. years or a right. billion years and I'm starting to be like man maybe Steve's on to something here like <laughs> I was like fuck so yeah, that was interesting. Man. That was that was good. That's not a crater. It's a giant radar array. It's a big radar. Array. It's like the fucking Death Star, dude. Dude, I'm not doubting it anymore. I'm That's not no doubting moon. it. The uh, yeah, it is a satellite, but it's not a moon. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah I I I'm gonna venture to say that I haven't I haven't done a lot of study. I've watched more than my fair share of documentaries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The moon landing happened. Okay. And the moon itself is not hollow. So, uh, yeah. What about I, the cheese okay. thing, though? The cheese thing's real, right? <laughs> the cheese thing's real. Right? <laughs> cheese. Please tell me. The I can have fondue. Made of cheese, Gromit. <laughs> when I get to the moon, I want fondue heated up and Every waiting for Every night. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to. I'm definitely going to say that it is very hard for me to accept those. Mm. I'd never heard the hollow moon thing before, though. That, well, I'll check this out. So, A to liquid? their credit. You yeah. can go to NASA's website, and they yeah. talk about how they shot some kind of projectile into yeah. it, yeah. and it rang for 30 days. It rang a high-pitched sound of, like, a hollow-esque type sound. Okay. So that was on that. That's what, that's yeah, what I was like, okay. It's ringing a bell. It's hollow, man. But didn't the same thing happen with the Earth after the earthquake that triggered the big tsunami? The Earth rang. The Earth's hollow, too. <laughs> Probably. <Wow>. Spaceship. <laughs> Either that or it has a molten fondue core. <laughs> I like that. It's oil, so that's beef fondue and that's cheese fondue. And together we need it. Now we need fudge. So, you know, <laughs> fudge and so what you're saying is the one dude was wrong and space doesn't smell like steak. It smells like Limburger cheese. It smells like burnt steak. Yes. <laughs> yes cool. Well, I just want to. Okay, so something's spinning. I mean, this is way off the podcast thing, but oh, yeah, it's well, spinning. Why, why should we stop now? everything go to the outside like this? <laughs> What's that? If something's spinning, you have centripetal force. Centripetal force right, yeah. But you have drive. gravity fighting it, so that's how yes. you maintain right. a geosynchronous well, but also, right. right, but what I'm saying is... If the Earth spun too fast, right. it would expand. Right, so you have well, two Well, that's why the, the center of the, the equator is slightly larger right. than... It's a little, yeah, it's, it's a little ovoid. Yeah. It ain't exactly round. Earth be hollow? Yeah. It could be. Nobody's ever made it to the center. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody said that much time to lick that pops that tootsie pop. <laughs> but everyone One, knows that two, maybe a, got three. a, a, a tunnel three. underneath the Earth that goes from the Atlantic to the Pacific. Say what? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> There's a conduit. Yeah. Only. Only a wastewater treatment guy would think of that. <laughs> well, it's way just, drunker I mean, for this stuff the, to make sense, too. Right. If you go down to Mexico and they have those, you know, they have water systems that go for miles and miles and miles. The whole, all of Mexico has sure. a, what are they called? I can't remember the name. Aquifers? Yeah, but there's, a, there's a name for it, but I can't mm-hmm. remember it. But Libya does, too. You can go all the way across Mexico through that underwater, you know. Libya is one of the most extensive water systems in the entire world. Wow. I mean, over the entire country. The, uh, the long term, they said that the, uh, the force of uh, Apollo 11 uh, impacting, oh, I'm sorry, the, the force of Apollo 12 impacting the moon uh, was equivalent to one ton of TNT. And the shock wave built up and peaked in less than eight minutes 
and it took over an hour to fully dissipate. Hmm. So was that's that, was that when they disposed of the lander? Yeah, that was when they disposed of the lander. Okay. That was exactly it. And so they knew that that was going to be a good scientific test when you have something that heavy hitting the ground at that at that pace. And so they did say that yeah, it did take an hour to fully dissipate. So it was quite. They a, did quite another. They did another experiment. I thought yeah. it was like a few years ago where they dropped a projectile. Yeah, that's into my the Earth. Yeah, this or is into the moon. So. Yeah, they said. Uh, and also, they said that the S four the S four B from Apollo thirteen uh, did hit eighty five miles from Apollo 12s. and they said uh, it was the only thing in the mission that went right. <laughs> was crashing the crashing the, the, the ship it was the only thing in the mission that it hit with the force of 11 and a half tons of TNT and translated a seismic impact uh, 30 times greater than and four times longer than the ones from the previous hit so you know yeah I mean people have been I guess people have been shooting shit at the moon for a while yeah what hey what does this do shoot it let's find out <laughs> All right. have you well, tried blowing already, it up we've already attacked it so we know there's nobody home we know so. there's nobody home <laughs> right wait didn't you ever see iron sky that's not that's a documentary that's a documentary the nazis are on the moon they're just on the dark side <laughs> fuck you you can't see them you know why all their shit's black it blends in <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's really and i do we are that culture that has been like well have you tried blowing it up right right until you've <laughs> tried blowing it up yet we really don't want you to write the report yeah <laughs> Well, you know, it's it's it's, perform, the, it's performing a strange thing. There's a bit of an anomaly. Mm. Have you tried blowing it up? Right. More Nuke fire. it. Nuke right. Well, try blowing it up and then get back to me with the results. It stopped. <laughs> what did it stop? It stopped everything. It yeah. doesn't do that anymore. Why? We blew it up. Well, then you got a result, don't you? Yeah, we have, totally Problem have a result. Solved. Then we wouldn't have any more tidal waves. Right? right, exactly. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that would be yeah. That'd that's be the bad, right? that's the game. I'm just honestly surprised nobody's advertising on it yet. <laughs> True. <laughs> Seriously. True. Tell me anything else in the world yeah, that has the yeah. kind of reach. I mean, you want to talk about something going viral? Oh yeah. Everyone gets the moon. Yeah. Like right. people in Australia get the moon. There's going to be an Amazon logo. So we right. need a series of impacts. People actually- in Africa. Get the moon. So we send these little micro satellites yeah. that will eventually yeah. drift their way to Perfect. the moon. With enough, uh, you know, yep. they can they can steer themselves and they will land in a pattern like and they will say matrix printer. Cleveland Motor. No, they'll say Google. Let's be honest. They're yeah. going to say Google. That's the only possible. They're going to say Google or they're going to say Amazon. It's going to say Google or Amazon or Trump. And it's going to say one of those things. And it's going to say that because most of the planet gets most of the moon most of the time. Yeah, right. There's nothing that has the advertising impact of the moon. There's, yeah. a, there's a great website now. It's called Did Jeff Bezos um, End World Hunger Today? Oh. And every day they, they check and see. <laughs> every day they check to see if he ended world hunger. Oh, that's sad. Well, you know, and I hungry. heard that if he gave up his entire fortune, that it would equate to $19 extra for every person in the United States. Oh, really? I, no I have no, no idea. No, per year. So, oh, per year. So what they so I think he, was at he was at 140 billion or something like that. Or, yeah. No, he, he 200 was 200 something. Yeah. He, he exceeded 200 billion dollars. So, so, so what's what they three, said was what's 300? What's one 200 billion divided by 300 million? A lot more than 19 dollars a year. No, okay. it's like whatever it is, it's 19 bucks a year for this period that you'd have to the payoff would be. Huh. So say, I think it was probably 30 years, and you would think it would be 30 years. So they said that, okay, so you want to get rid of people who make money. Would you rather have 19 bucks or would you rather have Amazon? 
<laughs> no, I'm serious. This is yeah. this is a question. They said the guy could have completely failed and had nothing. Right. But he didn't completely fail. Right. He made Amazon and now it's this monster that sells all you Chinese ripoffs. They your answer then, to three hundred billion divided or three hundred billion divided by two hundred million? Was that three hundred well, million. So two hundred billion divided by three hundred million. Oh, okay, yeah. I did it the other it's like way around. Three hundred sixty-five million, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. It comes the one. I, the way I did was three hundred billion divided by two hundred million, and that came out to fifteen hundred dollars. Okay. Yeah. So maybe amortized over thirty years, that would be fifteen hundred bucks. I mean, that'd be nineteen dollars a year amortized over thirty years. But I mean, this is. Well, he could give you fifteen hundred dollars right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but now for some people, fifteen hundred dollars would feed them for ten years, yeah. depending on where you are. Right. I mean, fifteen hundred dollars in the right place. You know, that's every person in this country. If you're in Vietnam and you get fifteen hundred dollars, you're yeah, probably going to be able to buy a nice little house. Oh, so if you're you talking know? the world's population, then yeah, maybe it goes down to nineteen bucks a person. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, but like, they said that better minds that you wouldn't have Amazon. So, no, but I don't you think. Have well, Amazon? the real trade-off but is where would you I rather get my have, wireless wait, wait, headphones? Wait, 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 then would you rather have Amazon or would you rather have Kmart, J.C. Penney's, and everybody they've put out of business? Is really right. what's happening. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's but that's the that's the and the debate. real death I mean, matches between that the real not, death matches between but, but, Amazon and but Walmart. Jeff, but right? Jeff that's Bezos really just has yeah. stock in Amazon at this yeah. point. So even if he yeah. went away and took all his money, Amazon's not going anywhere. No, but what they're saying is, do you want to take away people who? I mean. The debate is whether or not do you, you want to you want to uh, squash entrepreneurship. I mean, I that wasn't that's that right. was like an example of. I'm perfectly happy with Jeff Bezos being a ridiculously fucking wealthy person. Good for him. I've never met the guy. No, never I mean, him. no. Never but this is what the right. debate was. I'm not yeah. saying that. I'm not taking a side like this is good or this is bad. Right. What I'm saying is their debate was. The impact that he has yeah. on the people of the United States is nineteen dollars a year right. versus having Amazon. Right, exactly. So you're looking at you're looking everybody at in the world like, uses Amazon. Exactly. I mean, it's not just yeah. an, I mean yeah. like this. Yeah, but I think that's the, what this this yeah. is the example that they 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 posed. I can tell you, absolutely. I think it's a perfect example of American innovation, and he did what you can do in America. Right, and, with Tesla. I mean, well, look at what's like, shocking to me is of all the different people and companies that I order motorcycle parts from. What has become one of our go-tos here at the shop has been Amazon. Wow. And it's when I can't find a part through my normal channels, I always, after I try and I realize, oh, this guy's going to get the part to me in nine weeks, or this guy's going to get the part to me in 12 weeks, or this guy says he has the part, and we don't even know if he has the part, because he's a company that bills my credit card and then tells me six weeks later the part doesn't exist. Right. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I hate those people. <sighs> yeah, you guys out there with your... Um, fast dog getting parts uh we're not going to name the name of the company but yeah they uh don't bill me if you don't have my part right so but i have always well at least in the past couple of years we started doing that where we start going on to amazon for something and it's shocking mm. the level of specificity that you can get like a honda part number from 1983 oh, yeah no they're you know they're, and it's not right. ebay where again that transaction could take a while because we go there too. Believe me, um, a lot of people aren't using eBay anymore. We're using eBay every bit as much as we yeah. ever have because it is still a better way for us to find obscure parts. Right. When customers call here and say, "What's man? Where do you guys get your uh, '80s Honda parts?" <laughs> eBay. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you know? I we call Old Bike Barn, mm -hmm. and there's one or two other places we go, and then we go to eBay. You know, and 
places like Partzilla, they've got the best uh, microfishes. They've got the best parts uh, blow-up diagrams all in one spot. You know that, So you use that to start your quest. Yep. And if you click on there and you see that your part that you need is $400 and it looks like it's going to be more than four weeks for it to get to you, it's because they don't have the part. And here's another. Yeah. I, I don't know if Partzilla has it, but any of the ones where you get a microfiche kind of yeah. thing, look for an advanced search. Yeah. So if you're going to do the eBay thing, say you have, I don't know, a 1973 whatever. Right. And you can't find that part anywhere. A lot of those things have the advanced search where it cross-references yes. it. And it'll tell you, like, well, you can get the, the 1992 or whatever. Exactly. 450 mm-hmm. part is right. the same one. So that's yeah. awesome. Advanced search is excellent. Well, yeah. I just like looking up the actual Honda part number. So that's where... And once you get that part number yeah. and you plug that into eBay, yeah. it opens up all kinds of doors. And right. we'll save right. you some time is that if you go to the company called Bike Bandit, mm-hmm. they don't give you the real part number. Ah. They give you their part number. Okay. And I convinced theirs is just a matrix that takes the real part number and just changes it around real quick in a, in a code that they have got figured out. Because I don't think they've changed. The I go to Parts Fish and for that's every bike everywhere. What's that? Parts Fish has yeah. Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, exactly. and yeah. So yeah. All you guys ready for a super tip? I'm totally ready oh, for a super boy. tip. But and Nick, you'll be into this too. This this doesn't Sorry. come from me. It comes from AVE, so you might have seen it already. But he he enlightened me to. So if you have a small thing, a small plastic part or a small thing mm-hmm. that, say, McMaster Car carries, right. you can go to their we- their website and you find the part number and stuff. And if you look to the right, mm-hmm. it has view 3D drawing. And so you can go and you hit it, and it's actually an STL file. Is it really? Of the part. Get out of here. And if you right-click and save yeah. it, you now have an STL, you have an STL that you file. can print on yeah. your 3D printer right. for free. Yeah. And so, obviously, you know, on a gear that goes into motor, it won't work. Yeah. Well, that's, right. the, but that's the future of auto parts. Yeah. Is yeah. that you're, they're not going to be coming from China. There's, you're going to go in the auto parts store, and they're going to have 3D printers in the back room. Oh, yeah. Yep. And they're going to be like, what do you want? Okay. Boop, 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 boop. Give it about 5, 10, 20 minutes, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or come back later, and we'll have it ready Jetsons. for you. Jetsons. Oh, yeah. dude, we're there. there. We're just a couple of years from having like affordable metal printers. Right. No problem. And I and I think that, that is, that's going to be a really, really big thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of, when you get back into a lot of the 70s Japanese bike parts stuff, that shit's not available. It's not obtainable through any parts supplier. It, it's literally an old man on a dial up modem <laughs> hunting for a soggy wet cardboard box. Right. You know? That was Ohio Cycle for you forever. Where you could, they had a, an amazing wealth of yeah. early '60s Hondas. They stuff. did. Yep. The only way you could order from them was to print out their order form. Yep. Write a check, write your part numbers on it, put it in an envelope, and mail it <laughs> wow. to them. Yep. It's when true. they received it, they would fulfill it, and eventually you would get your parts. Right. But you could order right off the shelf at almost the original cost. <laughs> Fucking anything for a nineteen, you know, a sixty-five Honda Dream. Yep. They had it, and they are gone now. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was, and they were just that kind of thing. Was they? They were just going through a giant, yeah, warehouse, 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 warehouse of parts and getting you your part, putting it in a box and mailing it to you. Right. Yeah. The guy had no interest in learning new systems. No, like, no. And then that would mean that somebody would have to physically go through and oh, catalog the catalog. shit. Yeah. Thousands and thousands of parts. Yeah. Uh, and that's like we used to do that here. So at one point in our business, we had over 43,000 SKUs. Mm. And we were like, no. Yeah, that's insane. We're not doing this anymore. 
And it's cool if your main job is selling parts. Yes. But if yeah. it's not, I we couldn't that do that's, it. Yeah. That's yeah. It made no sense for us to maintain that madness. And then also to do an inventory every year in oh. January that was going to take three weeks oh, yeah. for a hand touch inventory. So we could what? So we could know that instead of seven, you know, Honda CB 750 side stands, we had three. <laughs> right. Oh, we lost some. We lost one somewhere in the shuffle. Right. Oh shit! Stop the presses. Right. We lost a single CB 750 side stand. Right. No. Do you know when you, you know what the two important um, the two important numbers are? One and none. Right. If you have none and you want to have more than none, order one. Right. <laughs> if you have one or more. <laughs> And you haven't sold one in three years, you have too many. Right. So don't order anymore. Yeah. yeah. And when that one sells, everyone dances. Right. Because that's a, a, an item you can close out and kill. Yeah. Big inventory does not seem like it's a viable thing anymore. And you pay tax on it. Oh, yeah. Every fucking that's year. That's so stupid. That, that is yeah. ridiculous. So the fact that I paid tax on my inventory, yeah. like, you know, this no, 1986 Suzuki part, I paid tax on for 12 years. Right. Well, that's just ridiculous. That's absolutely obscene. So, yeah. So, it's like, you know, we've we've had to tell our accountant several times before. He's like, well, you do understand that our inventory that's now 10 or 20 or 30 years old, that has devalued down to nothing. Right. So, we have to build in a devaluation of that of that, right. that dollar amount. Depreciation. Because that part has no value anymore. Right. Yeah. Guess what? It's now scrap metal, mm. you know? And that's and that's true. One of the things that Ohio Cycle actually had listed in their catalog, yeah, was OEM Chrome Honda Superhawk fenders. So wow, wow, Honda Superhawk. Wow, fenders. were never chrome. They were never chrome. They were never they were chrome. Painted, but yep. they had a set of Chrome Superhawk fenders that were two hundred and fifty-three dollars a piece. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I wish I had that. I. There is nothing, there is, when it comes to vintage motorcycle parts, which is what I thought, if you had asked me 25 years ago what a big part of my business was going to be 25 years, I would have been like, yeah, we're going to have cool four into one headers hanging off the walls and it's going to look like the motorcycle shops I remember as a kid. Mm -hmm. And what I can tell you now is that is a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. Like that is that is it. Yeah, because instead of a store, now you're you're basically the customer waiting for that one person mm-hmm. to find you. Yeah, like it's yeah. just it's impossible. Yeah, even with the internet, it's still it's just it's too much. It's ex- and that's exactly what it is. And sitting there, and you're like, okay, list this on eBay. Now list it on eBay again. Now list it on eBay again. Right. Now list it on eBay again. And then when and you finally sell it, but you realize, what, holy shit, eBay's taking how much? Of Amazon. Right. I mean, that's what my buddy Kevin does. Is he? Well, he does a couple of different things with Amazon, but he brings Mark. Uh, items to Amazon and gets them listed on Amazon. And once you have mm-hmm. it listed, it's listed. Yep. Everybody in the world can see it and you can sell as many as you want. Right. They just fly off the shelf because yep. if they fly off the shelf too fast, then Amazon buys you out. Exactly. And yep. then they list them at what they can make a lot of money at. So mm-hmm. like that one little drone I bought was $14 or whatever. Right. Wow. I was like, crazy. This is crazy. I can't believe it. And it was being sold by Hufan Poo. Yeah. But, I went back to order it again, and now that same drone is fifty some dollars, and it's Amazon's choice. Exactly. Yeah. And Amazon was like, yeah, "Oh, these are flying off the shelf at fifteen dollars. Mm-hmm. We can put this at a price point of fifty dollars and yeah. still make a killing." Oh yeah, and they Crush they will mm-hmm. buy it up. Yeah, it's like any. That's pro- where they're probably making a lot of their money. Well, you're right, yeah. and I think it's really hard. Any product 
that has, I mean, it's like clothing, but a motorcycle part, whatever. Yeah. If it has sizes, if it has individual right. stuff, Experience. it's not just a one thing that you sell, a widget that any schmuck can yeah. use this widget. You're just setting yourself up for Anybody in the clothing right? industry will tell you that it is a nightmare. Yeah. Like, when we had Rider for Life, we used to, yeah. we'd be like, okay, last time we were in BIR in Virginia, we sold out of larges in four seconds. We got stuck with a million double X's. Yeah. So we're right. going back to VIR. Right. So we're going to get 5,000 larges and just, then we'll just right. roll whatever. We get down there and that year it was like, it was like All the obesity X. clinic. Yep. And then they're like, yep. you have 5X? And we're like, no, but we have 1,000. Larges. And then, right. you know, it, oh, it's Do five out. larges make one? <laughs> <laughs> In theory, yeah. the material is there. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it is like that. What the jackets we have left now, and I, I'm not joking. At one point, we had probably 300 or 400 jackets, wow. and we're down to probably I don't know 100, 40 or 50, maybe, maybe, oh, yeah, 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 right, yeah, yeah, maybe 40 or 50 jackets. I'm not sure exactly, but every day when customer comes in the store, I tell them the same thing. I'm like, any jacket that's hanging is closeout priced. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, the price that's on the sticker. Ignore the shit out of that. <laughs> Hold it up and ask me how much I'll sell it to you for. Yeah. And I do have that Rain Man brain where I remember what I paid for most everything. <laughs> and so if you hold the jacket up and just be like, how much? I'm going to give you cost. Yeah. Because I, out of pride, I won't lose money on it. Right. But I have made people walk out of the store because the jacket fit them <laughs> that I instantly engaged in negotiations. Yeah. And I was bidding them down. <laughs> like I'm like dude that fits you perfectly you need to have that jacket well how much is it it was $300 I'm gonna sell it to you today for 100 bucks yeah but I really don't need it 80 bucks <laughs> <laughs> but I really don't 75 bucks but I but I don't need it 50 is my final offer I'll give you, you Andy right <laughs> give you an old fashioned in the back alley the uh, there's because yeah every once in a while somebody comes in they'll know about like we went through those Moto Guzzi jackets oh yeah and somebody came through and I dug one up and the, I looked at the guy and I was like, it doesn't fit me, but I think it's going to fit you perfectly. And I put the jacket on him and he was like, this is a Dionysi jacket. And I said, this is a Dionysi jacket. He goes, how much were these retail? I'm like, 780 bucks. Yeah. How much are you going to sell it to me for? I'm like, 150 bucks. But you have to pay me now and you have to run out of here because I'm going to cry <laughs> a little after yeah. you go. But, you know, that's that kind of a thing. It's like all that shit. It's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah, and if you do, you're trying to run a business, but you got to spend six hours with this guy over here so we can try on 27 jackets. Right. Because if you leave him alone, he's going to say that you were a terrible shopkeeper. And, you know, right. Meanwhile, when I'm buying something, all I want is space. Yeah. I know how to put a jacket on. Get the fuck out of my way. Right. You know? Helmets. Why do people need to have me hold their dick while they're putting on helmets? (laughs) Let me see. Operation manual. One, have a head. (laughs) Two, put the helmet on your head. Three, take the helmet off your head. Yeah. Did it fit? Did, that's it. Did it hurt? <laughs> You're on the right track. <laughs> Could you get it over your ears? Right. No. Yeah. Try another size. Fuck, man. <laughs> and it's just I'm like I'm like well, there's our helmets. Yeah. Small sizes at the bottom, really big sizes at the top. You can figure it out. Prices are on there. They're all priced as marked. Well, what kind of helmet should I buy? With a question like that, I'm going to recommend you don't buy one. Yeah. I'm hoping for a nice frontal impact. Yeah, <laughs> if you if you need me to tell you what kind of underwear to wear, right. you know what you need. You're not assertive. When you enough. get those people in, remember those old plastic 
Like yeah. when you go to the ballpark, they yeah. give you the fake the yeah. fake batter's helmet. Absolutely. Just have a couple of those yeah. laying around. Souvenir day helmets. <laughs> yeah. 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 There was actually a little plastic helmet, but it was a slushy. Yes. yes. After slushy. you drink the slushy, there's a little miniature there's a little, helmet. There's a little miniature helmet. Here you go. Yeah. I that's when you walk into the, what kind of helmet should I buy? Yeah. Do you it's know, your fucking head, man. Like legit, it's your fucking head. Well, which gloves should I buy? The most expensive ones. What, do you remember? Do you remember when Shoei came out with like the the half scale helmets? They were like they were like desktop yeah, things. Yeah, desktop helmets. When I worked at North Shore Yamaha, yeah. we had like four or five of those, and like yeah. they were up there in case you wanted to buy them. We had all five models. Oh, cool! Yeah. And this dude came in with this like kid that was like one or two, and he was trying to get us. And we're like, dude, it's not even a real helmet. He's like, so you're not going to sell it to me? I'm like, well, yeah. I have a it. ceramic Honda Ashtray that's a <laughs> full face helmet, and a little visor opens up. You put your cigarettes out yeah, of it. Yeah. Like, I didn't try to put on my fucking cat. No. <laughs> <laughs> no what the shit man people are dumb man. They there are, dumb. are people who like $600 is a starting point for a helmet like, yeah oh I have people in here those... crying the fucking blues about my $65 knockdown rip you know my super duper discount uh, SNS speed and strengths over there that are literally $65 and they're like you really need a yeah, Schuber do you have anything cheaper here oh, here's a look at this $1,500 Schuber our most expensive helmet is a bell bullet 400 bucks that's that is our a number one most expensive helmet is but a bell I, love, I love i used and to how many love of those are you selling one every purple moon like but, yeah but there is a point yeah. where like you probably should have a decent helmet and i used to love this. i would maybe spend that 400 dollars if you could roll it in with me financing my bike you know what i mean <laughs> no, but like, that's the thing <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, okay well i'm gonna buy the bike but Look, i'm also gonna spend another you know here's a little secret for helmet and a really nice jacket and everything. You want an insider tip on running a motorcycle shop and you want to finance some shit? Your finance companies will all allow you to go 125% of the MSRP of the vehicle. 125%. So just do some cheap Hell, down and dirty math. you can throw one of those little fucking SSRs. You do a $10,000 bike. That means you can put twelve fifty on your ticket and have it all financed. Now, what's probably going to happen is you're going to get a lot of that eaten up in your tax. And a lot of that is going to get eaten up with your prep, your F&I charges, the bullshit that dealers do like a destination charge and uh, shipping is going to eat up a lot of that. So what the dealers will do is they'll be like, okay, well, we're going to get you financed for, you know, what, whatever a month. You got to put 1500 down. The 1500 you're putting down has absolutely nothing to do with putting what you're down on the bike. It's getting that 125% number to match. So the idea is the 1500 you're putting down is all the cheese. You're putting in the shipping, you're putting down the freight, you're putting down the dock, the dock fees and all that stuff. That's your 1500 cash you're putting down. That leaves the dealership, the retail of the bike, and 25% for accessories. So now they can say, John, I want you to have that helmet, I want you to have those gloves, I want you to have that jacket, I want you to have that rear rack and that windshield. And I want one of those little bikes over there. Too. Right, and I want to do that all for you for $93 a month for 19 years. And... <laughs> But that's three dollars less than you're that paying now. That sounds reasonable, right? But it's three dollars less than you're paying now. So isn't that great? Yeah. And people buy that shit all the time. I have countless number of people who come in and do not ask me what the the cost of the bike is. They just want to know what the monthly price is. That's the way they think. That's the way their brain is. Is I need ninety three dollars a month. I need one hundred and twenty six dollars a month. Well, that's that's what they're saying. Like the yeah. whole new generation, like next age of kids and under under. Right. They don't care about the overall yeah. cost. Yeah, they're not. They're they'll not just, even looking at it. Nope. They'll just yeah. pay whatever they can afford their budget for the month. Right. That's and they I mean. look at the world one month at a time. time yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so, not a so bad way to go right now. What's that? <laughs> not a bad, way, <laughs> a bad to way to go. Right go. Now, yeah. Hey, look, I got seven hundred bucks. I can pay everything I got. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, but it's going to be seven hundred bucks forever. Yeah. I'll never own it. Yeah, you know, and that's a big part of it is that idea of never owning it. Yeah, you know, that's oh, I'm just I'm just done paying for it now. Okay, we'll take it away and bring another one in its place. Right. I so, made another seven hundred on my investments last month. Up another seven. Up another seven hundred bucks. Yeah. So you're like, Crazy. so here it is. Look at look at these millennials out here walking rocking around like they rent the place. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, that is you know that's kind of a a real a thing at this moment. So yeah, I do fear that that mindset of ownership is going away when I see people in here that are just like, I want that helmet. Yes, you do want that helmet. It's just you know it's a four hundred dollar helmet. Yeah, I want that helmet. Cool. Can you buy that helmet? No. Right. But I want that helmet. Right. Well, great. So can you put it on my... Yes, I can put it in your financing. By God, I'll figure out a way to put it in your financing. And that's how they get that helmet. And that's how the the guy that can't afford dinner... Right. Gets the helmet. Or has too much money on his credit card debt. His debt to income is all fucked up. But that's how that guy ends up with a $400 helmet. Is exactly like like that. Like I said, when I worked at that that shop, I used to love the guys that came in. And they would buy it at the time like a $12,000 R1. Yeah. And they'd get it and then they'd buy the $39 HJC fucking Model 1 helmet. <laughs> and I'm like there's there's right. just something Yeah, not oh, right I get about it. That. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like Exactly. Yeah. When you've got a 200 mile an hour motorcycle and you're wearing a $29 Vega helmet. Yeah, like it yeah. it kind of passed dot sort of. <laughs> like, you know, like Well, again, nobody passes dot. Right. You promise saw, it. Yeah, they promised yeah. it, right. Yeah. This promises this passes DOT. I promise. Right. And I'm sure I'm sure that that like half millimeter thick plastic. Yes. Not even composite. Mm-hmm. Just straight ABS plastic shell. Yeah. And oh, the, yeah. the egg cooler fucking Oh, the one that has the seam across the middle you could cut your finger on? <laughs> yes. Yeah. High quality. High quality. Didn't even sand the fucker. No. No. That'll... Just molded in color, smooshed it together, put right. some graphics on the side very poorly. And yeah. the first time that dude yeah. does a power wheelie and yeah. goes Belver backwards, that's totally going to save Oh, the him. first time he drops his helmet bag. <laughs> <laughs> that's done. Yeah. The first time he does... Oh, shit. My, my helmet was still on the seat. Oh, cracks. It cracks open yeah. like an egg and a little kinder toy comes out. <laughs> yeah. That's all it is. No, no a, a little smaller helmet comes out. A smaller out. helmet comes <laughs> out. And then that cracks You find out they only use one helmet. shell. They yeah. just put other helmets oh, around yeah. it. <laughs> you want a really safe helmet? Get the extra large. Get the extra large. It's like seven helmets. The uh, I will give you guys, there's an alert that we have to give our podcast listeners. Uh, uh, NHTSA, NHTSA recall. Um, if you have a certain motorcycle, and I'm not going to tell you the brand, and I'm not going to tell you the model, but there is a recall. It is a stop sale. Like, people have to stop selling them. Really? This is how critical it is. You have to stop selling them. You can't sell them. Is it because of a turn signal? or a Until safe, this problem has been addressed, this is a critical fucking issue. It, it must be addressed immediately. It can't be worse than BMW a couple years ago with the GSAs when they had the brand new GSA come mm-hmm. out. And they had to do the same thing. Stop sales, recall. Mm-hmm. People that were coming to pick them up were told to go home. Yep. And it's because the the, the luggage bags covered the two back red reflectors that were facing outward <laughs> on That's the bike. That's epically stupid. Yes. And this one is in that same category. Okay. Of a certain brand of motorcycles. 
Did mispronounce potato when it ran? No. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> potato, potato, potato. On the cover to the rear master cylinder. Cover. So not the rear master cylinder. Not the rear master cylinder. The little, like, like the keep plastic your foot cover from, for the reservoir. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. The 10-cent plastic cap gotcha. that goes on the reservoir. Yes. The instructions on the cap <laughs> on the top of the reservoir <laughs> are printed in French. Oh, no. <laughs> That's it. I did check, and dot three is still in English. They did not change it to punct trois or whatever that would be <laughs> in French, Trois. Right? Trois. Trois. La croix. La croix. Fucking. Uh, but yes, en français. So because the print and the top wow. of the cap of the master cylinder... And that's something they can't send to people just to put on themselves. No. Well, that would be against. No, no, you could right. you if you were smart. You have yeah. to do the recall at the shop first. You have to do a recall. I am going to tell you, I've seen, like, and that. So this the the accessory bags mm -hmm. obscure an adhesive reflector. Yeah. So basically, like, oh, I'm I'm picking up what you're laying down. Yeah. The back, yeah. Like, you know how the little fender comes I'm down. I'm totally picking up two what little down. red things. Yeah, because every Tear fucking reflectors off. Every motorcycle away. in America right. has had adhesive stickers, stick-on reflectors put on it. Ninety percent of them have the courtesy of falling off while they're still in the crate. Right. Believe me, every one Royal Enfield ever put on right. was put on through a level of Indian air pollution, so the adhesive never could stick. Because it would get too much. As you pull the backing tape off, the Indian air pollution would stick to it. And it wouldn't stick to the metal. Curing powder would not yeah. it here. Right. Well, but here's the interesting thing: the the bike was still the BMW was still recalled, even if you didn't buy the luggage. Oh, get the fuck out of here! Because, because you the might buy the luggage. That you, yeah, you might be you getting might aftermarket buy the luggage. luggage. Yeah, and they didn't want to have people getting hit on the side. So the, because of the reflector. Right. And so I think right. the end result was they put um, reflective tape. Yes. On the boxes. On the boxes. On the, right. the corner. So that you knew that when you bought the box, the box already had reflective but, tape on right. it. So you didn't have to change 20,000 bikes. Right. They didn't obscure You could it. just apply tape to 10,000 sets so of luggage. So what should they put reflective tape on the potential boxes that you might buy? Yeah, apparently. No, what they did is they took all the owners and they put reflective tape on them. <laughs> no, I think, I think at that so point. they would just I, know that any BMW they bought, they were safe on. I mean, I obviously. Noticed, I, I just noticed something. I want to try something. Yeah. Well, but no, but obviously it was just the. Google, play about. sad trombone. <laughs> hey, Google. Oh. Play sad trombone. Yeah. For help with that, you'll need to go to the oh. Google Home app. But you obviously know that they only did that for... They weren't concerned about anything happening. It was just right. a liability. Like, yeah. right. They just wanted to take their liability out of the... I'm sure it's the oh, same yeah. with that. That's what, exactly like, yeah. what it is. Why don't you just say right. Alexa play sad trombone so that everybody who listens to this... it'll. Hey, play Alexa, it. play sad trombone. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> 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 that way anybody's got... <laughs> well, exactly. That, I mean, that's... Yeah. Have you so, ever... Have you seen the infinite loop where they, they put up a Google and Alexa... <laughs> And they tell the Google, it's like, they, they say, repeat what I say. And it says, I will repeat. And it says, Alexa, repeat what I say. So it says it, and then it says and then it goes back and forth. And it's just <laughs> fucking great. That's a Google Home Mini. And you know what? So, yes, the planet, we have this technology. We could be saving lives right now. And instead, yeah. we're having two little tiny devices jerk each other off for infinity. It's literally all they're doing is yeah. these two little boxes that could be giving you the answers to all the world's questions. Right. Instead, they're jerking each other off electronically right. literally until the power goes out and all civilization dies right. 
Because they won't stop. And there's all these kids downtown that are like, I don't know how we got busted for drugs, man. And meanwhile, their Alexa's just sitting there and just listening to them the whole time. <laughs> their, their Siri is turned on maximum. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't me, Cinch. <laughs> <laughs> I did not rat you out. On that, folks, ride fast and take chances. Press the red button. Oh, 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 Press the red button. Oh, 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 oh